The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. My name is Clive and I am joined by Ricky. Good evening, Ricky. Good evening, how are you? I think the the apt word would be tired and drained, apt words. Well, I'm looking forward to this tonight anyway. I'm sure I'll perk myself up soon, but uh, we are joined by a returning guest, Social Suplex's own Rance. How are you tonight, Rance? I am so happy to be with you two tonight because this has been building for like three days. <laughs> the slow burn. Probably longer than that, actually. Mm-hmm. We were hoping to have some other SMC podcast members on, so but just due to the crazy time differences, Carl and Caleb weren't able to make it. But do have a message for you, Carl. Um, fly, Eagles, fly, whatever that means. <laughs> The best part is that you don't even understand what you're saying. No. <laughs> that makes it so much better, yes. It's just, it, you, you don't know the rabbit hole you're going down right now. I know. <laughs> so, this is going to be a, a big show, so we'll we just get tore in. First of all, I would like to actually give a, a big thank you to old and new listeners in what was last week a pretty big week for us in terms of downloads. That's really appreciated. For a couple of marks in a, a wee town in Scotland, it's pretty surreal, but it's it's we're, we're very thankful to all the listeners out there. So as a thanks, keep an eye or an ear out for a competition which we're going to start next week, and the competition will involve winning a pro wrestling t-shirt of your choice, so just keep an listen out for next week, and you'll find out more about that. And while we're still on the positive side of the podcast, why don't we start talking about TakeOver, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. I feel like we're going to only go downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's it's setting up. Well, we'll we'll try and keep it positive, but Rance, what were your thoughts of TakeOver overall? It's easily one of the best shows I've ever watched top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, Quality of the show from literally the moment the show started to the moment the show ended is maybe... I don't I don't want to speak in hyperbole because I realize we're still kind of in the moment, but it's one of the best WWE uh, sanctioned events maybe ever. Like That's how high the quality of that show was, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I still feel a kinship with Philadelphia's takeover. I really enjoyed that one, but the more I think about it, uh, I mean, see in terms of long-term booking and even sort of on-the-night booking, that was a a great, great night for Undisputed Era and Roderick Strong. Although I'm gutted from a kayfabe point of view that Pete Dunn was shafted by Roderick Strong, that was just great. This goes all the way back to way before War Games as well, with Undisputed Era trying to bring Roderick Strong in under the fold. Yeah. And just that on top of the North American title win for Adam Cole earlier on in the night, 
it was just sensational stuff. It, it's been a while, Ricky, since we've had a faction be so dominant over the whole show. I know that Undisputed Era have been a prominent force, but to have all the titles that they've got now, it's going to be exciting going forward for them. Yeah, and it's um, it's something that we've actually spoken about uh, in terms of the main roster as well. How we just sort of wanted, and I think I think it started with the back when it was the League of Nations, and I think me and you were the only ones that actually were marking out for them. Um, <laughs> but like we've always spoke about how we want one dominant faction to ultimately hold majority, if not all, the titles. Um, so yeah, it was, it was. I didn't see that coming whatsoever. If I'm honest with you, um, I thought it would be Pete Dunne, if anything. But uh, I agree with Rance. I think that probably was my favourite takeover ever. Um, yeah. And I think it's difficult, it's really difficult to pick what my favourite match was. Because like, three of the five were excellent. Um, like Really, really, really top notch. I enjoyed the women's match and the tag match as well. I think... I think it was Richard says that Gargano Champa was the greatest match he's ever seen uh, under in the WWE. WWE umbrella. Yeah. In yeah, WWE, so, yeah. I mean, and if I'm honest, I don't even know if that was my favourite match of the night, and that just shows you how yes, highly yeah. I thought of, of Alistair Black and Almas. Like, I thought that was probably my favourite match, but Gargano and Champa and the ladder match ran it really, really close. Um, so yeah, I, I know. We're going to touch on it later, but I was sort of expecting Almas to come up to the main roster at this point. But I'm so impressed with that guy. I think, yeah, I think like it's almost taboo to mention anyone really in the world of wrestling outside a few people in the same sense as AJ Styles. But I think I was talking to Rance. I think it was. I'm sure I said it to Rance. I think um, mm-hmm. pound for pound, I think he's he's every bit as good as anyone in the WWE. Um, main roster and NXT, I think he's really, really special and if and when he finally does come up, you just sort of hope he doesn't get landed with that typical Mexican uh, gimmick. I, I think we're past that. I hope we're past that. Hope, hopefully. Yeah. But o- overall, TakeOver was unbelievable. I, I do think it was me that you were talking to about that because I think you were the one that said um, he reminds you a bit of Bret Hart-ish in that Every person he's in the ring with, it looks like they have great chemistry. And that's really an underrated thing with wrestlers because you can tell. I mean, we've, we've all been watching wrestling most of our lives. Uh, you can tell when somebody's in the ring with another guy and, like, they just don't have the chemistry. Mm-hmm. But everybody almost is in the ring with looks like they've been wrestling together for months, if not years. And that that's that's such an underrated thing that I don't think we all give enough credit to. And he's excellent at that. And uh, to the Pete Dunn point, the best thing that happened, the best thing about Pete Dunn getting screwed over is he has a couple of lads that oh, uh, yes. he teams with quite often. <laughs> that, yeah, British strong style. He, he he actually tweeted out. I don't know if it was immediately after takeover or the next day. It was certainly within twenty four hours of just like the the emoji of the thinking face along with um the two the two men in reference. So we might we might get something. I know um Clive you said as soon as you saw that happening, the match, I think you instantly says I can't wait because that was the impression that you were getting as well. Uh-huh. I think 
as well as this um, sort of shock turn from Roderick Strong, they've actually been planting the seeds for a, a Pete Dunne face turn for quite some time now. Um, at the end of the day, Pete Dunne was getting cheered no matter what he did, even though he's a rabid like bulldog, like a wee, a wee shit. But he's he's full baby now, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, he was getting cheered, so they he had the match with Roderick Strong. They thought, right, we'll team him up, team them up together. They were putting on really great matches. I have to say, the match that Strong and Dunn had with Authors of Pain on the the takeover, so the, episode, yeah. yeah, the penultimate the sort of last episode before the takeover was unbelievable, excellent, um, and for Pete Dunn to be in the receiving end of the screw job, he's a he's sympathetic now. So it's just been great. I didn't think I'd ever see in such a short space of time as well that Pete Dunn would be a face. But I'm all for it, and I think it will work well, especially if you've got Trent Seven and Tyler Bate on board as well. I'm really excited to see this, and um, there's been talk on our Social Suplex Messenger group thing about a possible war games coming up soon, and if it does end up in British Strong Style versus Undisputed Era, then I'm all for that. What I'm also excited about is a wee bit bias here, which is fair enough, but it's um, more use of the UK superstars. And I think when the UK superstars are used, even though it's sporadically, they always put on a really good show. So good stuff going forward for the sort of the faction wars that could result in the next few months of takeovers, uh, NXTs. Did you hear what happened at Access uh, that Sunday morning after takeover? No. No. So did you hear, Ricky? No, I didn't, I didn't hear. So, you know, uh, and I, I realize it might not be necessarily canon, but uh, they had tournaments the whole uh, week, WrestleMania week at Access. And so Sunday morning before WrestleMania, the North American champion was going to have to defend, the women's NXT Women's Champion was going to have to defend, the Tag Champions were going to have to defend, and Pete Dunne was going to have to defend. Well, guess who won the Tag Team Tournament? Mustache Mountain. That day. So they they fought the Undisputed Era, and Roddy defended with, uh, instead of Adam, Roddy defended with Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole came out, and there was a big brawl, and Pete Dunne came out to save him, and then in the middle of the ring, they all kind of hugged, and I guess kind of foreshadowed that British Strong Style wants to make its, I guess, debut, because they never really worked together on screen in WWE. That's right. And I, and I appreciate that they're not putting Pete Dunne in that UK uh, box, they're they're making him prominent all over their television because they could have just did like Wolfgang ain't been on TV since the tournament, um, you know, it's once or twice, but not too often. You know what I'm saying? Like very little. Uh, but Pete Dunne has been on numerous takeovers and has defended numerous times on NXT TV. Uh, so I think they know what they got, and you know, I guess I you can see uh, possible war games with those guys, you know, if they want to move it up. Because, you know, TakeOver Chicago is in June or July. That'd be a hell of a, a hell of a staple for that card. Uh-huh. Those those two mm-hmm. factions going at it. What do you see going forward for Chicago for the likes of Gargano and Champa? Do you think they're finished? No, hell no. No. Champa, Champa is like... Chump was that bitter ex-girlfriend that comes and breaks your car and throws bricks in your window. Is that just me? Is that just me? Okay. 
maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you y'all the family guys, so maybe that's just me. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna take this lightly. Uh, I got a question for you guys about Gargano Ciampa. Mm-hmm. They really, really played up Candice a lot recently. Do you think it's a chance he goes after her? Because if there's one thing Candice is known for, it's intergender wrestling. I thought, I thought you were going to say, is there any chance that Candice turns on uh, Gargano for a second there? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was not my question. Some Vince Russo book in there. <laughs> wow. It would it would certainly take up. Um, it would certainly not take a, up a level uh, in terms of the heat he's got. Oh, uh, I I to be honest, I was I was expecting Champa to win on Saturday. Um, because I think I I thought. Gargano would end up going to SmackDown on Tuesday, so I was I was kind of surprised that he won. Um, but I no, I agree. I don't think that any. I think they'll probably maybe I could see it going on until the SummerSlam Takeover, which is is that is that Brooklyn again this no, year? Is it it's actually the very last Brooklyn show? Yeah. Right. So I can I can see it potentially going there uh, with Champa probably getting the win if. At Chicago, and then they could go to like the decider in Brooklyn. What I, so. what I really liked about that match, I'm not sure if I agree with Richard. It's the best match that WWE have put on. It still was a fantastic overall, all the way from the start with Champa's no music, rocking that massive coat all the way down to the ring. Oh, um, until the very end. Whoever decision that was, you know, they deserve a pat on the back. It works so yes. much better than it does for Ziggler, the no music. <laughs> because, I mean, I was watching that takeover with my oldest child and I kind of had to mute it because of the choice language by the crowd. But um, that's, if I was to watch it on my own, you would really get a a feel for the sort of toxic atmosphere, the toxic, toxic atmosphere directed towards Champa. And it just, that tone was there throughout. And it's a rarity in today's wrestling and WWE anyway where a heel is just so universally hated that they'll cheer whenever he does whenever he gets his comeuppance and that happened all the way through I did get a fright towards the end I thought when Gargano sat down and mirrored the sit downs that they have sometimes in the ring when they were a tag team and in the Cruiserweight Classic as well and I thought what's Gargano doing here but it was just a ploy to sort Tramp it out and the sort of poetry involved in using the knee brace to sort of clamp in the STF and using the STF on the injured knee as well was just, it was like the final fuck you tramper, basically. It was excellent. A really good story was told there in that match. I I think this this, yeah, it was a great story and it's been a perfectly told story. And it's hard to say when a guy got injured in the middle of the feud and it still ended up being perfectly told. Uh, but uh, I, I, it got I've done like a million podcasts or <laughs> appearances stuff since WrestleMania. But once I said somewhere that this is the perfect WWE feud or match in that there was 
it was it was brutal, like ridiculously brutal, but no blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that the crowd was chanting obscenities and whatnot, but technically it was still fairly PG. They didn't do anything like, you know, it, it, that match, if you would mute it, would get away on a PG show. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, it was... Uh, it was extremely creative. It was extremely interesting. It was extremely, dare I say, fun. I don't know if you can say fun about something that brutal, but yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, it was, and and then it's the consummate babyface versus the consummate detestable heel. I I just don't know if more boxes can be checked yeah. on the checklist of perfection for a a wrestling match, wrestling angle, wrestling story, whatnot. And if he goes after the dude's wife next, it's only going to the next level. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's, it's perfect. And, and I hate to say that about anything in wrestling because it's always something to criticize, but it was absolutely perfect. What was also fun and brutal, maybe not perfect because it was, on the face of it, a bit of a sort of spot fest, but the spot fest that was the ladder match, I thought that was arguably one of the better sort of stunt ladder matches they've had. And there was still story, still story told in that match with the the sort of similar bouts for um, dominance between Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane. Uh, It was a great, that was the longest ladder match we've had in a long time, I think, as well. I think that gone, didn't that go for at least half hour? At least, I think. Um, Like, I think from early on in that ladder match, you knew that they were, their intention was to to book Ricochet as strong as possible. <laughs> he, that was the only goal in the match? Oh, <laughs> book Ricochet strong. <laughs> it seemed like it. But um, what I will say, see about this match, um, I was I watched it again the following morning, but I didn't watch a full match. I watched a specific part of it when Adam Cole <clears throat> was dishing out all the super kicks and then done his Adam Cole baby chant. So I was sitting next to the wife, and I had on my phone at full volume. <laughs> and I watched it I watched it a few times, and she came over and sat next to me, and she, and, and she would just sat there watching it. Now, she doesn't understand wrestling whatsoever. Her, she, um, she turned around and goes, oh, I used to watch, I, I should quote, yeah, I used to watch wrestling when Undertaker was still wrestling. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, he's, he's actually still wrestling. Well, well trying to so she sat watching it and she was like oh that guy seems he seems as if he's got um like he looks like he's her actual words where he seems like he's got a bit of an aura and i was like well like, like the guy's special like i really like him but um like i said early on it I, I, early impression was let's say they were going to book ricochet quite strong and i think early on you could uh, as it was going on I thought they would have went ricochet, but maybe that was a bit too obvious. But um, no, that match was 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 really really good. Um, I I I say to Clive that when the signing of EC3 was announced, because obviously you didn't see too much of him in Impact, and I say, I think you're really going to like him. Like, I, there's nothing that he does that stands out. Like, where he's outstanding at certain things, he's just really good at everything. Um, carries himself really really well. He's, he's He's good in the ring, but it's his mic work as well is excellent. So I think you're really going to grow to appreciate what he can do. Um, I'm really excited to see him. But yeah, overall, um, 
It probably was a bit of a spot fest, but to be honest, that's what you generally expect from those kind of gimmick matches. Yeah. But, like, you know, perf- absolute perfect way to start start, start the pay-per-view. Can can I give a shout-out to to Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane real quick? Please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars Sullivan is probably the guy that was the most, and not from a gimmick standpoint, just us being smarts, if you will. Uh, was probably the least most anticipated guy in this match. And we know Killian Dane is a beast. But, you know, it's a ladder match, so big guys don't really uh, have the most interesting things to do in ladder matches of, of this of this ilk. Lars and Killian Dane made themselves into stars. Everybody did. Everybody made themselves into a star. Dream, Cole's already a star, Ricochet's already a star, EC3 carries himself like a star, but I just want to give some love to the big guys because they were the anchors of that match. Yeah, they were absolutely the anchors of that match, and uh, the punishment they took, break, breaking ladders, and you know, I just wanted to give I want to give a shout out to those guys because I'm pretty sure all of us, all of the fans, are going to praise everything Ricochet did, Cole did, uh, Dream did, and EC3 did. But I don't think that those two are going to get enough credit for their part in that match being so good and I just wanted to give a shout out to those guys you know before we went any further yeah because typically you don't normally see men or females of that size in those kind of matches but yeah I do agree with you but I know you just quickly touched on Dream the elbow he hit from the top of that ladder was just an absolute thing of beauty He was he was my pick to win. Actually, he was my pick to win the to win the match because you know he doesn't have anything really to do from a storyline perspective, and he's not getting called up anytime soon because they know what they got. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he you know Dream excels in the things that in the small stuff. Like you know he's just he's purposefully awkward. You know what I mean? It, it just uh-huh. he excels in the his selling is and the way he moves and. Just kind of flies about, flails about like a fish, if you will. But he's just so different, and everything he does makes you remember. Well, I guess that's his whole thing, right? Remember, I'm yeah. But you know, it's it, it was a masterclass of a match. Everybody played their part perfectly. Ricochet looked like Spider Man. Everything was great. Yeah, I, 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 we could gush about this match for the next thirty minutes, man. It was it was wonderful. This is a strange question, but has Velveteen Dream has Patrick Clark had a back injury in the past? I don't know. Because I don't not, not since he's been in WWE. I don't think because he's got a very very different posture from everyone else. The way he holds himself, maybe he's just got a big chest cage. I don't know, but there is something that just draws you to him straight away. Not even not the the crazy hair, the headdresses and stuff. There's just the way he holds himself. Um, you're immediately drawn to him, and then he opens his mouth and his his mic work is on point. Then he wrestles. His wrestling's fine. It could only get better. And I'm not saying it's bad. It is still good. But that guy has got charisma. And 22 is it 22? Yeah. That's what, that's what I was about to ask. I think he is like 22, maybe 23. That is he's ridiculous. A, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a young boy. Yeah, he's just turned twenty three. Like just turned, mm. and he has a, he has a better grasp of wrestling psychology than people who have been wrestling for fifteen years do. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is that's amazing. It, yeah, that dude. If he's not, I'm not gonna go this far. But if he's not, 
headlining. I'm not going to say main eventing, but headlining at WrestleMania in five to ten years, I will be truly and utterly shocked. Like That's the type of ability he has. Cannot cannot disagree. Mm -hmm. I would actually be annoyed if he wasn't headlining WrestleMania in a few in five six years. I mean, when you think when you think about it, seeing about five six to ten years, Vince McMahon may no longer be here. So it's you know, damn Ricky, (laughs) damn, (laughs) oh my god, (laughs) Ricky's standing at the grave right now with with the damn devil. No, he's not dead. It's just obviously because the XFL is going to explode, and you know it's sure. going to be this great thing. Obviously, <laughs> but see, you, you guys are you guys are missing the point anyway. And at WrestleMania, what is it? In five WrestleMania forty is going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar seven. <laughs> Lance, right? please don't. And, and it's going to be Undertaker versus whoever's next. <laughs> That's just what works, right? That's the way things go. <laughs> if you guys could see Clive's face right now. It is so serious. It's hilarious. <laughs> Please don't. It's the, the, it'll be a best of seven series, but it's to see who can hit the, the seventh finisher first between Roman and Brock. That's what it will be. Well, they've already well, hit six, so it won't take... <laughs> oh, right, we'll get... That's like, Clyde, Clyde's face is just... You can see it, and he's just thinking, like, enough of the love fest. Can we now just start getting angry and just shouting at one another? Please, he's, he's, he's desperately wanting to move on to the WrestleMania card. Right, it's your thing, baby. I'm, 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 I'm here to. <laughs> I'm, so, I earlier this week I offered Clive my couch to be his counselor. <laughs> so this is what I'm here for. I'm here to be cathartic for you, sir. So please, right, let us have it. Ricky, do you want to give us a sort of brief overview opinion of how you thought how you thought WrestleMania was before I start? Right, so watching it live, right, uh, let's say that first two and a half to three hours or whatever it was, like, everyone everyone was saying it's on course to be the greatest WrestleMania ever, which it probably could have been, um, and then it, it sort of went flat. That last hour, granted it was four o'clock in the morning over here, so, you know, I, I, I literally had one eye open and one eye closed. So I rewatched it again, um, and now a few days for it to calm down. Like I, there's, I can understand everything it done, and but the one decision I don't agree with, and I don't think anyone can convince me otherwise, was the finish to the main event. Like uh, Ryan's was saying the next day, I think it was that it might play out a certain way. And I was Man. kind of hoping that, that might might happen, but you know I've I've been on record on this podcast saying time and time again that if I'm Vince McMahon, I would literally he probably has been doing it for years. I would literally stick the fingers up at the fan base or anyone who doesn't agree and say this is my company. I'll do what I want, and I would have put the title on Roman. I personally couldn't care less if he got booed, and I've seen it time and time again. I think in the grand scheme of things, like it's not. A majority of fans that boo Roman, in my my mind, like for every one, two, three fans that boo him, there's going to be five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people that cheer him. Like, there's just a certain demographic of the fans that won't, that haven't took, haven't taken to him. And quite frankly, I don't think they ever will now. So if I'm Vince, I would just plough ahead with crowning him the guy if he's not already been crowned that, and just 
live with it, but um, and, and I, real quick, real quick to add to you, so that was you saying. There's a hive mentality at a, at a wrestling show, mm-hmm. and and this is this is fact here. All of us have been to some show. I would hope at some form or fashion, WWE or not. Mm-hmm. When you go to a wrestling show, you're swept up in the atmosphere. So there might be a chant that goes on that you would never chant before, or they might be cheering for a guy you've never cheered before, but you'll do it just because you're part of that atmosphere. So I think that's why a lot of the times you go to shows and the booze from Romans are Roman is almost deafening. Like you said, like the whole crowd doesn't hate the dude, but that's just part of the atmosphere. I think um, in reading things on Twitter and just reading from different things, it seemed that people who were live at the show seemed to really enjoy it. Um, based oh, on what Caleb, mm-hmm. Caleb, Caleb was gushing about to have Ross saw things on Twitter that people who were at the show say is not an excellent show, loved it, but obviously we're like we're in our homes watching it. It's just you get a different perspective, different feel to it, obviously. Um, but I said there was one thing, two things I didn't also. The SmackDown tag title match. Um, I was disappointed in that, but overall, I thought I thought I did enjoy it. I'm not going to say it's one of the greatest manias ever, but I think and like I, I'll be bold and I'll just say it. It might not be that bold, but I think I witnessed the greatest ever WWE main roster women's match at WrestleMania. Without yeah. a doubt. Without yeah. doubt, um, Nia Jackson and Alexa Bliss killed it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, I think, like, that for me is... If it's not on par, then it's almost there next to TakeOver, uh, uh, Sasha and Bailey. That build was better. That's probably what yeah, makes that... that yeah, that, that's what that was. But in terms of what I witnessed in that, like, it was... Unbelievable! Um, the finish took me really by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like I say, that match was my match of the night. I say it to you, Clive. And I say it in our predictions that that was my that was my main event. And and I've in Rancho, I've never shared this opinion with you, and it might bring a shock. But Clive knows it. What I've said about Charlotte and her dad. Mm-hmm. I say, and again, I may as well be bold because it's you know a hot takes. You know, you've got to. You've got to put yourself out there. I said when it's all said when it's all said and done, Charlotte is going to mean to women's wrestling what her dad means to wrestling in general. You you call that a hot take? I call that an expectation. I would say that that's the case now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think I said I said I said that a good at least over a year ago, like before she really became who she was. I think um, I think I said this even before the Sasha feud that she had um, about eighteen odd months ago. Um, and I also did say around about time to you, Clive, didn't I, that one day you were going to see a women's match main event WrestleMania. Yeah, and I next think year. That, that could, yep, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, providing Ronda, Ronda progresses the way you hope she might. You you want a hot take? And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling this out there for you, Clive, but if you want a hot <laughs> take, I think Charlotte is already better than Ric Flair. Granted, the the character and the and the and the and the mic work, that's a different conversation. I'm talking about just the in ring presentation. In the yep, Charlotte is better than her dad. I, and yeah, I'll get crucified from that. But you know what? I, I I believe it. The only reason you're wrong is that Charlotte hasn't elbow dropped an apple yet from Carlitos yes. Cabana. That's the only reason. <laughs> or or completely stripped out of her clothes and throw them all in the crowd like Rick does. <laughs> yes, which. A lot of us want to see her do that, but you know, PG product. Yeah. 
You know, her, her entrance was spectacular that as was well. That was a great nod. There was actually quite a few parallels between this one and New Orleans. Uh, that, yes. Perfect, yes. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Eve, uh, sorry, New Orleans 30. Um, so her entrance, it was the same as Triple H's. So that one... Um, See now that I've got them in the top of my head, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> the women that were in the that were hit on the entrance. Yeah, the women in the entrance. So basically, it was Charlotte, it was Sasha, and it was Alexa. Alexa. Yeah. Um, so there are a few other parallels. I'll maybe get to them later. But if you don't mind, if I can have a few moments of your time. So. WrestleMania, best wrestling match of the night was Charlotte versus Asuka. Best sports entertainment match of the night was Rousey Ankle versus the McMahon Helmsley era. I was very surprised at that. Pleasantly surprised and I'll hold my hands up. I think still think Rousey's still to nail down the theatrics involved in wrestling, but she'll get there hopefully. And the IC title match was a great combination of both styles, the sports entertainment and the professional wrestling side. This all happened, these three best matches all happened in the first couple of hours. And then amongst the first couple of matches, I mean, you're having a classic between two women and you're, the camera's cutting to John Cena, who's sitting there sipping a beer. The goal of the man, by the way, to get a front row seat at short notice is disgraceful. But anyway, you keep... And he, never even brought, he never even brought his wife to the, pro, the show. He never even had time to make a sign. That's how short notice his ticket was. <laughs> right, and the camera keeps cu- keeps cutting to him, and it's taking me out of the matches. I think this needs to stop. So I'm quite glad that it happened early. This whole Cena Taker thing, but then the Cena Taker thing happened, and that was half an hour. Right, so the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match was cut short. I know it was a squash. I understand the story they were trying to tell there, but that was cut short by too many minutes. I personally think Charlotte versus Asuka could have had another five minutes, maybe. But the Cena Undertaker, this is 2018. Two, 2018, and we've got the Undertaker squashing one of the, the greatest wrestler ever in John Cena. Um, it was awful. They've just ripped up Cannon entirely with the, the dodgy firework display of the hat and scat, the hat and quote being thunder and lightning back onto him. The entrances took long. Uh, I can't even. Uh. <laughs> Let it go, man. This 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 is good for you. This is good for you. It's just it's 2018. I don't want to see. I was I was told that the Undertaker retired last year, and he was a beaten up man. He you would believe that he retired because he just couldn't hack it anymore. But now he's gone from not being able to hack it to squashing John Cena in two and a half minutes. It's just not on. Poor Elias getting flung in the middle of all of this as well. That just it killed it stone dead for me. I couldn't even enjoy the SmackDown tag match between Daniel Bryan, which I didn't enjoy either because after I've seen that abomination of seen an Undertaker, I don't want to watch Shane McMahon on his own in peril, kicking out of big massive moves constantly. Like I don't know how many pins he um, two counts he had with the brutal moves he was on the receiving end of. And then, fair enough, Daniel Bryan came in and did uh, his greatest hits. That was good. But it didn't have that oomph that his greatest hits segments have. Uh, maybe it's just because I was feeling flat. Then what was the match after that? It was a women's match? The Raw match? Yeah, that was the, the Naya match. Naya and Alexa, yeah. 
Naya blowing hot and cold for me again. Just she was, it was just a slow pace, and it's nothing against her size. It's just it's her stamina. She's not got the stamina to go, and she seems like really slow and plodding sometimes. Because I know she can do it. She did it against Asuka at Chamber. She did it. She can do it when she wants, but there was just something off about that match. I didn't enjoy it. AJ Naka woke me up purely because of the Naka heel turn, which I enjoyed. I don't know what the Keeping It Strong style guys think of Naka's heel turn, but for me, who's realistically only seen one really, really, really good match in w- under the WWE umbrella, this is the most interesting Nakamura's been in about 18 months for me. Since NXT, yeah. Yeah. And then Braun tag match. Well, I wasn't even caring at that point, this whole Nicholas thing. I've said a few months or so, a couple of months or so ago that I think they're experimenting to see if Braun can be like the babyface, like a family-friendly babyface of the company. Because um, you see him on Instagram, he's posing with girls a tenth of his size, um, and they love him. They're not scared of him at all. He's he's the next Andre the Giant, John Cena guy, not Roman Reigns. Nothing against Roman Reigns, but I think this is what they're going for, the sort of family-friendly monster. Mm-hmm. And the last match was just... It was a disgrace from both a story standpoint and just business standpoint for a number of reasons. See the... I don't know if you've watched The Sopranos at all. I've not watched all of it, but do you know how Sopranos was a very good story until the last episode where it's been a controversial ending? Just cut off, yeah. Yeah. You mean like Lost or like Lost? (laughs) Like Lost as well. No. Lost the whole last season was a was a bunch of BS, so it's not the last episode. But yeah. I'm still upset about that by the way. (laughs) This story had the wrong ending for me. They've been championing championing full timers all throughout this build. Uh, talking about Barack not turning up for Ross, just basically hiding behind his contract. And then what happens is Brock wins and Vince signs him again. So Vince is basically admitting that he prefers full-time part-timers to take over the headline in sports. It was just... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want, go ahead. Please finish. But I do, I do want to retort. In fact, what I'll do is to kind of make this a little easier. I'll, you choose what you want me to retort to. How about that? Because okay. I have retorted to everything you said. Okay. But you'd pick and choose. Right, well, there is a couple of other things I want to bring out first, if that's all right. Please, this is this your show, man. Right. I'm, look, I'm just hanging out with homies tonight. This is your show. Floor is yours. Well, the fact that Brock Lesnar's still the champion really saddens me. That Universal Championship has been defended five times over the whole year. That is not okay. enough for me. Roman Reigns, I don't care if he gets booed get the title back on Roman Reigns so it's at least on a full-timer and he can have regular feuds with different people and have the title defended more regularly. But the thing, like when I was watching it and you were coming up for five or six F5s and he kept kicking out of them, I thought, oh, they're doing this super Roman Reigns thing again. And then after years of concussions being at the forefront of Vince McMahon and all the WWE management and doctors' mind, after the controversy of Randy Orton being elbowed the hard way and busted open at SummerSlam 2016. The, the do, was Randy Orton concussed after that? Does anyone know if he was actually concussed? I don't. Ricky, did you hear that? I don't think he was actually uh, concussed. 
I want to say yes, but I, I, was he not? I think it was on like Raw or SmackDown the following night, wasn't he? Probably. He showed up on SmackDown, but it was like he walked, but it was mm. he didn't do anything. Like mm. Roman didn't do anything Monday, so I don't know. But the, the fact that after all this, like worry over head injuries and head trauma for the last decade plus, to do that move again to Roman Reigns just to get sympathy the Crimson Mask I was actually angry I just thought to myself just finish this match look at the amount of blood he's losing that's disgraceful and it's not even about PG it was it all covered his face so quickly and I thought he's going to pass out there's so much blood it was just it really angered me and then he won and I just sort of flung my hands in there and thought all this all this for nothing a year's build for nothing I was just so angry Sorry, can I quickly cut you off? Um, quick question: Was it real blood? Yeah, it was real blood. Right, because there was a, the, it, it was an awful lot of it, um, and I saw his cut on Monday, which probably did confirm it was real. But I also, again, you don't know what's been fed out to people just because it might be working an angle, etc. But apparently, Vince never approved the blood and never approved the the table spot either. But again, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's just been fed out to make people more angry at Brock or whatever. Um, so I, I don't know. I say I don't have too much to say about that because I don't know if, that, if that's actually true or not. But you would imagine. Again, I'm not sure because I also apparently the whole incident. Um, people are claiming that when he Brock got to the back, he either threw the title on the floor or on the, at the wall or at Vince or something along those lines and had a bit of a verbal confrontation. Mm-hmm. With Vince and apparently Shane was never never threatened to fight with Brock, but apparently he was readying himself to. But again, I don't know if this kind of stuff has just been fed out to make people hate Brock even more for us to ultimately cheer Roman if he wins the title. Which let's be honest, he's going to win it in a couple of weeks' time in Saudi Arabia, by the sounds of it. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. But sorry, on you go, on you go, Clive. Well, I'm done. I struggled to articulate my rage there, so I apologise. I said it better on a Facebook you, post a couple of days ago. <laughs> you did a good job. You did a good job, but you know that that's the type of thing where it doesn't need to be articulated perfectly. It just you just need to say how you feel. Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, I realize we're podcast hosts, but at the end of the day, we're fans. And as upset as you were about it, you you had every right to just didn't have to sound great, didn't have to sound perfect, just it had to be honest and real. And I felt that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, you nothing you did was you were absolutely in your right to say it the way you said it. I'm actually angry again. I calmed down today, and I'm angry again. <laughs> so, Vance, what so, are, what are your retorts no. then? Uh, well, what, what do you want me to start on first? The story, the Roman thing. Uh huh. Well, okay. I whatever you want, you go for it. Um. So, when it comes to the the Roman and Brock story. Uh, had we been recorded this, what Sunday night or well Monday morning for you guys, we'd be talking about a different conversation than we are talking about now. At the time, there was so much in flux because we didn't know if uh if Brock just shot on Roman with with uh bleeding him or what. Uh, we didn't know what was going on things of that nature but now knowing that Brock has re-signed which I feel like that's just a misnomer to kind of to kind of take us off the trail because I've heard people reputable people 
in the and like reputable wrestling uh, j- reporters say that Brock was always signed through August. So that was just to kind of, you know, play with the crowd, if you will. But so now, at the night it happened, uh, and in fact, I, I want to reference the conversation to have with Ricky and the podcast I did with Simon actually about the same thing. So I, I had a theory about the whole story about the whole thing and I feel like um, Roman so the, we as a crowd are, are more intelligent than ever right we're much more intelligent than we've ever been we criticize the backstage stuff more than criticize the entering stuff like we don't criticize uh, why was the, why is something happening in the ring we criticized why the, they booked that to happen in the ring that's the criticism mm-hmm. and you know so we we're we're we feel we're we're a bigger part of the product than we ever were were intended to be, so I feel like Vince wrestling in general they're trying they have to learn how to work the crowd a different way, and Vince is very aware that there is a Brock Lesnar fatigue. Like people are tired of Brock, they're tired of him being champion, they're tired of him not caring about the company or the business like we do. They're tired of him not showing up to work. And this, that, and the other. And yes, there is a big contingent of the crowd that either hates Roman or is tired of Roman, but the hatred for Brock is almost bigger at this point. Especially with the guy who was rumored to be going to UFC the very next day retaining his championship in the main event of a show in which every fan, Dave Meltzer, everybody had been uh saying he was going to win for not a year but three years right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so at the end of that night Roman Roman loses not only does Roman lose but it's a glorified squash because Roman took six Germans six f5s two overhead belly to bellies and he took uh and of course dude bled him with his own hands right Sorry, cut off. To put it simply, you and Simon said it best. He took a bigger ass kicking there than he did uh, um, uh, a few years back. At 31, yeah. And yeah, he yeah. Took, a, so, took a huge one at 31, but it was yeah, even bigger yeah. this one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfectly said. So, with all that being said, did y'all feel a little bad for Roman? I feel bad for Roman I, for a while now. I, I feel bad when people continually boom because I've, I've, I'm on the belief that you sort of to hit on the point that you said earlier on Vance was that when you, when you're in the crowd and you see some people doing stuff sometimes you just get caught up in the atmosphere and the emotion I feel a lot of people out there boo Roman and they don't understand really why they're booing him some people have mm-hmm. got their reasons and I can understand their reasoning but uh, is, isn't the argument that he's getting shoved down our throats getting kind of old now because like he's not held the title for how long I think think people are saying he's obviously main evented um, three straight WrestleMania, four sorry, four straight WrestleManias now. Yeah, and a lot of people say like three and the last three have been terrible matches. Well, one of them was with the Undertaker, who hasn't had a good match since CM Punk, right? The other one was Triple H, which I actually kind of enjoyed personally. It was I was there. It was uh, it was a good match. It's just the crowd didn't care because mm-hmm. the, the outcome was inevitable in a sense. Yeah. I suppose and this one here, the, all everyone thought the outcome was inevitable as well. But and what's frustrating is and again to sort of hit Uncle Clive says that you want a full time champ, but people would have complained even if Roman win 
but and people are now also complaining that Brock won. And it's, it's part like, of the story now, yes. And it's just like, the guy puts on really good matches just about every time he goes into the ring. Like, and I, I hate the whole thing that, that, oh, well, look who he's in the ring with, they're making him look better, but I've said it before in the podcast, like, he had these great matches with um, Seth and then the triple threat with, uh, with Shield, the two matches with um, AJ. Yeah. His stuff the with Big Braun, Show match. The Big, big show, show match. Oh, that yeah. was brilliant. And, um, the <laughs> right? stuff with Triple H. Even the stuff with um, Sheamus as well. It's like, yes. right, well, I, I'm telling you all these matches that, that I've enjoyed. Tell me what the common link between each match is, and it's Roman Reigns. I'm not saying Roman's carrying these guys or anything like that, no. but the, the, the ignorance of some people who think that Roman isn't as good as he is as well, and it's like, I, like I say, it's a whole, I just I can't stand the argument that he's been shoved down our throat. And I, well, I might, the conversation I might, keeps changing. Yeah, I, I might be speaking out of turn because I'm not. I don't follow New Japan, right? Yeah. So I hope I don't offend anyone, right? But as it a, it's just a genuine question. So, but hasn't Okada held that title now for two years? Look, don't, don't, don't please don't get me started. <laughs> like, please, like, because I'm, I the the Okada hatred I have is so strong. Yeah, don't get me started, please. Like I, I like again. I've not watched. I don't watch him all the time. But the matches I've seen of him, like this guy is is really really special. And in my opinion, if people want to say he's the best wrestler in the world, I can't. I can't say he is because again, I've not saw enough of him. But like he's he really is. But that's what I also don't understand is that like, isn't he being forced down your throat, or has he got over quote unquote organically? And it's like, well, don't get me wrong. Weren't people cheering that night in Philadelphia where he beat? Was it was it on Raw that he beat Sheamus for the title? I think. Well, well. So we're, we're, we've we've des- we've descended down a rabbit hole of a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> I know. So, so first and foremost, let me say this: when Okada originally got the push, he was not over. He got right. over during his push, and I think a big part of him being over is the <laughs> fact that his matches are so extremely good that people deal with it. Right. You know, and New Japan is a different company. Is a different. It's everything about that is different than WWE, so they don't. I was told direct, directly this by Josh. New Japan has has the benefit of the doubt because they've made so many good decisions. We trust them, so I can accept that because it's a different world. So yes, but but if you lay it out, if you lay Okada's resume out and Roman's resume out, it's the same thing. So yes, you're absolutely correct. Only difference is. Okada's held the belt for like three years, two and a half, or something like that. Uh, but the reason I asked you guys that initial question about do you feel bad for Roman is, is simply this. By booking Brock to do the things he's done, by booking Roman to once again lose a big match in that everybody expect. that's the reason nobody cared about the match. Not because they don't care about Roman. They just knew Roman was going to win. So why pay attention? By all of that that's happened... Even the people who hate him with a passion feel bad for Roman for two reasons. One, I can't believe that company would keep doing that to that guy. And two, man, look, we just want a full-time champion. So just give it to Roman and get it off. So now, psychologically, you're being played with. You're being worked again. Because this isn't something that is happening by happenstance. 
Brock Lesnar is built for this. Brock Lesnar is built to be the most hated individual in the world if he wants to be because he doesn't care about literally anything else but his farm, his family, and his kids. He does and his money. That's it. Is it in that order? (laughs) Probably. Probably in that order, yes. Well, money first, then the Uh, farm, uh, then the the wife, then the kids. Um, But so – you, all this chatter in the IWC and all this stuff, he don't give a shit. He don't he, care. He doesn't care. Not at all. So you can do something like this where you can make him not only the most hated guy from a storyline perspective, but people legitimately have disdain for the dude. He's going to go back to Saskatchewan and just live his life. Nobody cares. He doesn't care. So, and yes, there. I'm sure that Vince wants Roman to be, to be cheered and this, that, and the other and whatnot, and that's probably why they extended the story to Jeddah, because he will mostly Southeast Asia, the Middle East, the like the the Eastern world loves Roman, right? It, if you kind of get past Europe and start moving towards the Eastern world, Roman is pretty over on that in that side of the world, so I'm sure he'll get cheered uh, when he if and when he beats Roman uh, Brock. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that we're being worked in a different way because there's a real anger for Brock continuing to, to, to win. But by all accounts, Brock has already always been signed to August. So this was just part of the story by all accounts. Roman was always going to win the championship, but now instead of you guys expecting it, it's flipped and it's made to look like something changed when in fact, maybe it wasn't. Remember how I got ridiculed and laughed at for picking Braun Strowman mm-hmm. to win the Elimination Chamber? Mm-hmm. The reason I got laughed at was because everybody kept telling me, come on, man, you knew Roman was going to... Ex- Roman's... This has been ordained since WrestleMania 31. Roman was going to get the big coordination, this, that, and the other. If you watch television, and you've watched literally from the Raw after WrestleMania last year when The Undertaker lost, and he came out there and got booed for 15 minutes, and fuck you, Roman, and all this, and just said, this is my yard now. From that moment... Until this one, Roman Reigns has had the worst year of his career. The and this thing, is not hyperbole. Go look it up. The only thing that's been forced down our throats is that Roman Reigns is a failure. He fails at the last hurdle. He falls at the last hurdle. That's what's been pushed down our throats. Yeah, absolutely. You, I love the way you said that. <laughs> I literally, I love the way you said that because I never, it, I never thought about it that way. But yes, they have pushed that Roman has, has been a failure this year. Right. That's that's been that's been the only thing that has been pushed to us. So I would ask the question. Was Roman ever booked to win? Maybe when well, they I, had I, uh, Saudi Arabia in mind, maybe they changed then. Again, again, you, like I say, you can't really you can't believe what you hear all the time. But apparently, again, I read I don't know who reported it. Apparently the, the finish to the match was changed halfway through it, but again, you know that's just all hearsay. But, but maybe 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 it wasn't booked. Maybe maybe Vince all along knew that obviously we were all expecting Roman to win, so he thought, no, no, I'll wait, I'll delay it, maybe a month, two months, or I might never put the title on Roman again. But yeah, have and, we thought about and, that? Have we accepted that that that's a, a a real reality that Roman might not be the guy to beat Brock? Have we we have never allowed that to be? In our minds, and and if if it's true that his, his contract runs until August, which is summer sometime, and if Roman doesn't win the title in Saudi Arabia, then 
to me, that just leaves Bobby Lashley. Oh, Ricky. That, you know. By the way, did y'all know his nickname in TNA or Impact or Global Force or Anthem Wrestling or The Owl or whatever it's called <laughs> now? Bible. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, did you know? Did you know his nickname was Walking Armageddon? That's such a great nickname. I, I, like I'm like I said, I won't sh- I won't shit on the guy because I heard good things about him in Impact, but I didn't care about him the first time around. I don't really care right now, but we'll see what happens. They um, should keep that nickname because if he gets pushed, then that will be the end of the world for me. Oh wow. Wow! Give the man a chance. Wow! No, it's not a case of it's nothing against Lashley, although I've not got any sort of emotional investment in him. But the the roster is far too full on NXT and Raw and SmackDown. There's too many people. They need to stop bringing in new talent. That might not be what um, the internet want to think. They want to see all the best get pulled into WWE, but. They need to fix what they've got first because when Bobby Lashley comes in, that's a, I don't know, like that's a Jason Jordan going down the pecking order. That's an Elias going down the pecking order. They've got mid-carders that are in the pecking order already and Bobby Lashley comes in, whose crowning achievement in WWE was making sure that the current president didn't get his wig taken off. Just thought I'd throw right. that in there. Right, um, to, to our American listeners, uh, I want to apologise on his behalf if we've offended you there. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> no, they'll be all right. They'll be okay. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be fine. That is be fine. Trust me. Sure, they will be. I read his, tw- his tweet earlier on today. But anyway, let's. And the only his only other kind of achievement is when he beat Vince McMahon for the ECW title. <laughs> Such a, such a big moment, right? Such a big moment in, in history, yeah. Oh, it's just, again, I know I'm hitting on, I'm not hitting on Lashley. <laughs> I am slating him, but it's not his fault. They need to stop bringing in people. And I know they've brought in Ricochet, EC3 and NXT, but just calm down with it because there is, there is even though there is seven hours of weekly TV, eight, nine, including, no, seven, sorry, including NXT and 205 Live, there are too many people not getting used on a weekly basis. You never know, they might be worth better, because look at, I'm not his biggest fan, but if Rusev was given more time, then he could have a chance of showing the, the management that is deserving of a big main event push. I, I, I think that's the one that I would disagree with you, because Rusev isn't a matter of time, it's a matter of story. Rusev hasn't had a story. Rusev gets time every show. He's, yeah, every that, show he's featured. He was a bad example. Way. He was a bad example. Yeah, he, but there are some who. I are, get your point. No, your point is very, very, very valid. Because yes, Jason Jordan hasn't returned yet. Samoa Joe, you know, just came back. Like, there's so many people. Big Cass yeah. hasn't returned yet. You know, like there's so many people that's involved that haven't returned, and all these call ups and all these returns and this that and things of that nature. Uh, so you're absolutely right. That is a concern. But you know. Too much talent is a lot better than not enough. I, I, just two quick points. Right? See, when you say when it calm down, obviously they brought in Ricochet and EC3. I, I do I understand where come from and I agree with you, but see, sometimes, see, when you get a chance to sign certain wrestlers, I think 
you just look at it and say, I don't care if there's a spot for them. I don't care. I think you just need to sometimes get them in. You know, like, like you couldn't pass up on, on my... Like, I've been a huge fan of EC3 ever since he cut that promo. I think when it was the first time he won the title at Impact, and it was a promo, something along the lines, it was like, well, um, I'm the game now, or it's, it's a different way to play the game, or something along those lines, he says. So I've been a fan of him. Like I said, I think sometimes when opportunity arises to sign certain people, I think you need to do it. But no, I do agree with you. And um, I know I've completely forgot my second point. Second point, was just <laughs> referring back to Lashley, was watching on the TV, like, honest, I don't I don't even think, did the crowd react that much to him? Yeah, The crowd was over. Oh, crowd I loved it. Yeah. Hey. No idea why. It's it's the right after it's it's the right after WrestleMania. Me, you, and Clive could have came out as the next three man band, and we would have been cheered because that's just the way that's just the way it is. So you know, I don't know. And then Dean Ambrose isn't back yet either. Wow, I forgot about that. Yes, Dean Ambrose is not back yet. Um, yeah, that's just so so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That. That is that is a, that is an issue, but you also have to remember this too. Uh, that roster is that big because it's not just TV; mm. it's live events. Yeah, house shows, charity function um, appearances. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to accept so, though that they're, they're not just a wrestling; they are a wrestling company, but they do all these charity appearances and commercials and stuff. But it's just. You can understand how wrestlers want to leave, like Rusev, if that's true. No, I, I don't, because maybe that's. But I mean, y'all know me. I don't because wrestling is, and you know, I feel like this is like, you know, maybe maybe for to give you guys a better, maybe to kind of make it make more sense from your guys' perspective. This I know it's like cursing the queen. And I know you guys aren't British, but you know what I mean. But uh, wrestling is fake. At the end of the day, one guy, one guy picks and chooses who wins and who loses. So I feel like it's a bit superfluous to be upset that you don't reach a certain spot as long as you're utilized. Because Rusev is consistently utilized every week and has been for the majority of his career. Um, now, yes, do I think and do you think and does Ricky absolutely think that Rusev is is worthy or deserving of having a bigger spot on the card, damn right. But damn near everybody is. Um, so if you're complaining, it, it'd be different if Zack Ryder was complaining because he's not even on the show. That's a complaint. Ty Dillinger isn't on the show. That's real. Like, just put me on TV. I don't care if he's getting squashed. Just put me on TV. But when you're getting utilized... You know what I mean? And not only are you getting utilized, but you're selling probably as much merch as anybody on the SmackDown side right now. So, you know, like, so in that case, I don't really get it from Rusev's perspective, but I I know, I know the point you're trying to make. So, yeah, like, other guys have I, a better point than he does. I, Clive will tell you who my favorite wrestler right now is and has been for a number of years. Clive, who is it? Jason Jordan. Oh, wait, that's me. Okay. <laughs> it's it's Rusev. So you 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 make sense, Ranch, but you don't make sense to me because I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> In that sense, that I, I I I this is how much a fandom I've got towards Rusev. I picked him to win the Money in the Bank ladder match 
when A, he wasn't even in the match, and B, he wasn't even on TV. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, Rusev has gotten away. Rusev's going to win the women's championship too. Yeah, give, oh, him every, give him every single title in the WWE. That includes all NXT titles. You wanted him but, to win the women's Royal Rumble as well, didn't you? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he might be going to Raw anyway next week. Yeah, I think so. I um, I also think Daniel Bryan will go to Raw as well. I don't. I, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think. Uh, I, I, I have. A, I felt that for a while, and I have a theory why now, but I suppose we can touch on Raw and SmackDown later, but, but I'll just say it now, I think we got, when, when they made the announcement there was going to be AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, I was like, right, well, it's a SmackDown after WrestleMania, you know, it's a smart crowd, etc. But my thinking was, you've just given away, like, a blockbuster match, which you have done, but this is a, a huge, huge match, and you've just given away. My thinking is that they've given it away because it's not going to happen because Daniel Bryan's going to go to Raw. And my other theory, my other thinking of it was that even though Roman's on that show, you don't want Roman and Daniel Bryan. You don't want you don't want you don't want Daniel Bryan anywhere near Roman. No. But my thinking no. was I don't see how Vince can let prob- well, I don't think it's any probably the most popular wrestler probably in the world stay on the quote unquote B show. So I thought for that he would come over to Raw because yeah. I also have a theory that we're going to get we could get Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at next year's Wrestlemania with Daniel Bryan going over well that's oh. exactly why you want Daniel on Smackdown because he's the most popular guy in the world so people are going to watch Smackdown just to see Bryan I don't know if Vince thinks of that though. that's the thing um, no no uh, Maybe, um, yeah. I, I I see where you're coming from, yeah. I, I will, we'll find out next week. Um, but I think Rusev is definitely going to Raw. Um, but I'm not sure who else, really. I think... Th- I, th- I think AJ stays on SmackDown all that much. Uh-huh. I think confirmed that he's winning at WrestleMania. I thought he would end up going to Raw because I thought he would drop the title at WrestleMania. But that's, you know, you can put that 100% certainty that he's going to be staying on SmackDown next week. I think the AJ and Daniel Bryan match that they had, and maybe I'm just telling myself this, I think they had that match because it was an apology. <laughs> it's like, we're sorry what we did at WrestleMania, so here's a dream match for you. <laughs> Wait! <laughs> I was wondering where you go with that. Oh my, God. my bad, y'all. My bad. Here you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we're sorry that we coated the ring in five gallons of blood, so here's a, a match between two legends of the ring. Um, do you know, actually, I know I'm kind of jumping forward in time a wee bit, but SmackDown cheered me up quite a bit. And what calmed me down, I thought, was always right in the world. Can't believe I'm saying this, but Carmella's cash in. Bro, was that not awesome? I, I thought it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Iconic duo were put over strong. The reason, the way that Charlotte lost the title was believable, because she'd been laid out quite violently by the Iconic duo. Carmella came in, although I don't know what the hell the ref was doing, looking confused. What was that? That was so bad. Yeah. I, I, I saw someone on Twitter putting a theory out there that they think, um, for two reasons, they wanted to add to the suspense that she might not be able to cash it in because the ref was fumbling about. Because she's because been doing was, that a it lot was, recently. It, it, it was Mike Kyoda, wasn't it? Yeah. Mike Kyoda, yeah, the dude has been there so, for like 30 years. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what they're saying, like... 
it, it was intentional just to make it look like, oh, the ref's going to cost her this money in the bank, or because of the delay, she might not be able to cash it in. Or if she does cash it in, she's given Charlotte too much time to recover. But to hit on Clive's point, when I first saw that happening, I, you know, I, I could feel like my blood boiling. And then I just realised it came into my head and it was like, she's going to Raw, that's why she's dropping the title. And I was like, that's fine. It made sense the way she dropped it. And I think she is going to go to Raw because ultimately I think you're going to get Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. And on top of that, like Charlotte for the last year has just been booked really poorly anyway on SmackDown. Um, but you know, she but she came to SmackDown in the last Superstar Shakeup, so I, that I I know that I, they probably don't care about stuff like that. But we do. I think I think she'll still go over there. And another thing, I know, like I did enjoy SmackDown, but you know, one what really bothered me, right? Miz comes out to confront Seth and says to Finn, "You're back in the line. You lost." I'm demanding my rematch and I'm going to get it backlash. So why didn't Randy Orton and Usos get a rematch? Why the hell are they competing in a qualifying match to get the rematch? So so that pissed me off too. The beginning of the beginning of SmackDown, I was very upset for like the first 30 minutes, but they explained it as the night went on. Paige is the new general manager of SmackDown. If we did announce that on this show, but yes. And in commentary, they mentioned that Paige has kind of gotten rid of all uh, contractual rematches. Right, I must have messed up. I must have yeah. messed up. Well, it right. was in the commentary, and a lot of us don't really listen to that. So, yeah. But that's why they all had to compete for uh, a rematch to get another match again. So, as long as we're going to be consistent on that, I'm straight. That's cool. Mm-hmm. As, as long as that's going to be consistent. Because if you just give Shinsuke just a random uh, you know, you know, a random uh, title shot again, even though he lost. But those two guys, those two acts, had to win it. Then yeah, then I'll be a little annoyed. I think, I think what they might then do with that if they stay with it, quote unquote, kayfabe wise and storyline wise, is that you could potentially get AJ demanding that he gets to face Nakamura at Backlash. As long um, as they do it that way, that'd be perfect. But yeah. if they just say, hey, next week AJ versus Shinsuke at Backlash or Jetta or whatever it is, then I'll be upset because then, because we knew. I mean, I think all three of us here had an idea that the reason they, the real reason they put Usos and New Day on at a, you know, last night was basically because the Usos are probably going to Raw. Yeah, I thought or that. It, it was another apology. <laughs> 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 so basically, they booked Raw SmackDown to say, "My bad for resume." <laughs> Uh, hashtag Smackdown says sorry <laughs> can, I, can I ask Ran, Rance what you know are you, what you, go ahead what are your thoughts on Nakamura's heel turn I think it's the greatest thing that could have happened to him yeah um he god I hot takes on hot takes on hot takes on this show but he has not fit the bill since he's been on the main roster um in WWE That's- he that, this probably isn't a hot take, but he hasn't had a good match in Sami Zayn. He's had his Bobby Roode series was good. It was it was good, but I mean, like, like everything few. he's done on the main roster, it's just been like, this is not the guy that we know and we've saw for years what is going on. And I suppose that's more so because of the quote unquote WWE style. So when he comes in with a Sami Zayn match, he was still it was his first match in, so he's obviously not going to get comfortable and acclimatized to that 
kind of way of wrestling straight away, so he's still going to have some of his previous tendencies, what he'd done in New Japan, etc. But, ah, I feel like from the, from the moment he came up to the main roster, he should have been treated like a, a megastar. But he obviously he, he lost his gender. What was that? Summer, Summer Slam, I think it was. Well, if you want to be literal about what you just said, literally the moment he was called on the main roster, he was treated a megastar. It wasn't until like three months later he lost his gender. Mm. Well, yeah, like from the moment he came out, he was. Mm. Um, Shinsuke is a very weird person because Shinsuke is, at least face Shinsuke, was an attraction. The reason Shinsuke got over at NXT is because we didn't see him every week. So, you know, he's, what he, he's so different and he's got, you know, every unique or charismatic or eccentric, all of those synonyms and whatnot. He's all of that. So if you see that every week kind of kills the point so with him turning heel and with him just basically going out there and very happily being a dick for no reason uh i think that's better for him that's better for his character that's better for his style of wrestling that's better for his comfort zone uh you know i just feel like and and then i think uh especially we know in vince's company that you know babyface the babyface is king but the guy who has the real clout in the company of the hills um so i feel like he's going to get a chance to really kind of tap into what he wants to tap into yes. as a hill i think see them was at the asian christian podcast where sammy zane said that vince said to him just keep smiling look after sammy zane's heel turn just keep acting the way you've been acting and because he's changed moral alignment the way he's acting is just comes off as a complete asshole. And I yes. think, I think with Shinsuke, the way he's acted as a face would work much better and much more annoying as a heel. And he's getting—I mean, Nakamura's been getting booed. He was getting booed yeah. mercilessly, like really loudly at Mania and SmackDown. Obviously, he just kinshashed Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And that's the reason they they booked that match for the record. Yeah, no, it was an apology. But anyway, and. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe I don't know what the guys, the New Japan sort of super fans, think about Naka's heel turn. Was there a heel at all in New Japan, Rance? Do you know? Yeah. Right. All yeah. right. Okay. When he started chaos, it was as a, it was a heel stable. Yeah. Was it a heel when he was facing Kota Ibushi? Because he came across as a bad guy in that match. When he fought Kota, he was a heel. Yes. When he fought AJ, he was. It was more of that. I'm um, just. I'm so over. People but, like me, type uh, but right. he was a heel when he fought Coda, yeah. Which was why it's such a big deal after the match when he kind of gave Coda that seal of approval. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think it's it's the best thing because I've not wanted to say it out loud, but the way that Nak has been treated on SmackDown for a year has been pretty lackluster. Even with the Royal Rumble win, just felt not the Royal Rumble win itself. That was good. That was a relief that a new star had won, but. No, it sealed it for me when they just said to Renee last night, sorry, I don't speak English, and just walked no, away. That was, per- that, was, that was perfect. No, that was, that like, was perfect. That was amazing. That was, yeah, I, I, I love the, the whole interview. Because he, he, he plays that disingenuous, nothing. So we, we already know it feels like he takes nothing seriously anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So and that was a, that was a good guy. He took that was kind of a that was kind of the the sign on the marquee, if you will, that he's a 
he's a rock star and he's an artist and he just does what he wants when he wants and you know he's eccentric and now as a heel like you said with the whole Sami Sami Zayn thing it doesn't come off as that it comes off as just being a disingenuous asshole so you don't speak any English but we just had this uh, this 35 minute long video of Chronicle (laughs) following you for like a year talking with you speaking perfect English aye yeah, yeah, so good. He was on Jericho's podcast as well last year, and he was yapping away, no problem with his English. And at NXT takeover, like and this is taken away from him saying no speak English. People are moaning saying, "Oh, Nakamura doesn't speak well." But seeing it in his NXT episode where he did it farewell, uh, there's nothing wrong with his English at all. I think well, they're he, making he's, that. He's, He's, well, real quick, he speaks perfect conversational English. That's different than promo English. It's a bit uh, different. Right, uh-huh. Look, I, I liken him to, in a sense, with Asuka. I, see, no, Asuka don't speak no English, dog. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, in a sense, <laughs> see if you just have them cut promos, but it's like a broken English, and then, you know, Asuka starts ranting and raving in Japanese. So, like, that, to me, adds to her character and makes her look even more frightening. Yes. Yeah. But... So I know you were saying you uh, mentioned Sami Zayn there. Um, what are the chances? Because obviously you had KO and Sami on Raw, which ended in a, a no contest or double countout. It was um, one. Uh, you think they might turn up at NXT uh, tapings to get a job since they can't go to Raw SmackDown? Oh, the internet will be raging, <laughs> absolutely raging. Yeah, that was just. I'm just. I'm just obviously taking a piss here, but. But see if that happens, and people are angry about it, then they can put to bed the, th- the whole thing that NXT is not a developmental brand. Because if they're saying, oh, Sami Zayn's going back down to NXT, it's like, right, so you're admitting that it's a developmental brand then? Do you see where I'm coming from? Am I just being a wee bit of an when, ass? When you, when you say go back down to NXT... Yeah. Like, no, yeah. that's what people say. They're going up to the main roster. They go back down. Well, NXT is part developmental brand and part third brand. Yes. So, you know, it. I think sometimes things can be more than one thing at once. You know, like it doesn't have to be just this and only this. Uh-huh. So NXT is a sure NXT is a pro NXT is a program and a brand. How about that? Can we? Well, is that better said? Uh huh. Mm. So NXT the program is developmental, but NXT the brand is the third brand of WWE, I, and I, that's kind of how I look at it. But if they show up, to, if they show up tonight at the tapings, that shit'll be hilarious. <laughs> be, That'll be. And just then, going back to the match you had at WrestleMania, Clive. I know you said that you weren't, you didn't like it, but that was probably more so down to your just being angry. I was, I, I was in a funk at that point. I mean, I've I've heard quite a few people criticise the match, and I mean, Daniel Bryan was only cleared a couple of weeks ago, so it's not like, yes, you know, it seemed like he was legitimately only cleared a couple of weeks ago. This wasn't something like they've known for a long time. Yes, no, it was it was as legitimate as humanly possible. Yes, yep. He found out the day he found out the day before mm, that they announced it that he was cleared. Yeah, because he was on Raw apparently or backstage. That match for me was fine. I think, do you know what was the best thing about that match was, obviously he was attacked before it, but see, I saw something on Twitter again. He was tagged in, 
and just see that excitement that everyone suddenly had, and it just built up to that moment even more, mm-hmm. and it just sort of added to it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the match. Like three of the four guys in the match are arguably like what top, like in the top sort of five ten wrestlers in that company. And Shane McMahon, like Shane, Shane's not a bad wrestler either. So uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's great or anything, but. He's competent. He's competent. Uh, I, I enjoyed I'm so that happy match. Right now. <laughs> the, the quality of wrestling was not my issue with that match. It was the fact that there were. This is the parallels we're talking about. Where at WrestleMania 30, he was sidelined for a large chunk of the match, then he comes back. They did it here, and to have him missing for so much of the match after the shite Cena Taker stuff. And they also did it with Ronda Rousey. She wasn't involved at the early stages of the match, so it just felt like, do something a bit different. I mean, look what Daniel Bryan was doing with AJ in SmackDown. That didn't have a lot of stakes, that match, but he was tying him up in knots. It was like, this is a Daniel Bryan that I like, the one that's tying him up in yes. knots into pretzels but, but and but stuff. To, to, to what you're saying about Ronda, though, it's like, you don't want to expose her too early. You don't want, you don't really don't, and... And, and no effect, no disrespect to Stephanie. Obviously, Stephanie's not on a level where some of the other female wrestlers. But it, what you let's like say you don't want to expose Ronda too much, and what you also do in the process of not exposing her too much is you still keep that intrigue about her. Yeah, and then and then and then you also have to remember that thirty four was at the was in the building where thirty happened. So the callbacks, that whole match was a callback to what happened at thirty, because you know thirty he. <laughs> He fought Triple H. He was already hurt. He fought Triple H. Triple H hurt him, you know. And then in in the main event when he found when he fought Orton and Batista, they hurt him, and he was stretched out and came back. It was just all callbacks to kind of. I feel like thirty four was about finality isn't a good word, but about ending about basically like a like. Uh, what am I trying to say? Closing. Clo- um... Closing the door or closing the door uh, yeah. chapter and starting a new one, sort right. of thing. Yeah, so so the Taker match was about closure, and I I realize how we feel about that, but you know it was writing that wrong. He he lost in that building last year. He lost in a very very bad way. The wrong was righted. Daniel Bryan's wrong was righted. He that was the that was the night of his biggest triumph, which was the beginning of his downfall, and. All the callbacks to him being jumped before the match, being almost stretched out, taking every finisher they got, and then coming back and still doing everything. It was just a kind of a a full circle, if you will. And so now Brian can close that chapter and move on to this next one. And that's that's why I feel like they did that. We haven't actually. So, on you go, Ricky. So basically, what Ranch is saying, right? He's he's just he's basically say he's just more or less just said what you says. WWE have just apologised for everything they have done <laughs> over the these last, last sixty years. Last, yeah, these last three days has just been one massive apology. Apology mania. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've not talked much about the Ronda Rousey match. Actually, I said I'll hold my hands up. I did really enjoy it. Um, Kurt Angle looked more. Mobile than he has been in the couple of matches he's had. It's taken a bit too many bumps for my liking, though. <laughs> Getting thrown over the commentary tables and stuff like that. But that was good. 
that was what uh, Ricky and I champion quite a lot, where they have multi-men, in this case, multi-person matches. It's just a clusterfuck, but it's an organised clusterfuck, and it's always entertaining. So hats off to that one. I did enjoy it. Hey, hey Clive. Uh-huh. My, my, Rick, uh, Kurt Angle looks just like my stepfather, and my stepfather just turned 80 <laughs> two days ago, <laughs> and he has dementia. <laughs> well, this isn't a joke. This is dead serious. And Kurt looks just like him. So <laughs> that's not a good thing. <laughs> we we so I'll say I'll say this though, Ranch. We me and Clive, we both said for a long, long time that we wanted Kurt back and we don't care what he looks like in the ring. We just wanted him back for that one one match and we got it. And we're both in agreement that he he need, he cannot continue wrestling. No. But we were, we were we were just so desperate to see him just that one more time just to sort of relive all those old yeah. memories. That one time, sure, not that three, four times. No, 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 no. Ricky, how have you described Kurt Angle since he came back? He has looked, and I still believe it, he has looked stiffer than a porn star's dick. <laughs> That's, wow. That's very detailed. <laughs> but it's I mean, quite true. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't I don't watch that kind of... That, that kind of stuff that's no, that's, never no never of course no. not no <laughs> yeah. what, what is porn anyway I've never heard of it before neither have I I, uh, I have no idea it's something that takes place in, in January in the Tokyo Dome oh <laughs> see now I get it now right uh huh I get it <laughs> <laughs> um, we've not really touched on the pre-show stuff a couple of battle royals in the cruiser week. You were yeah. quite. Uh, I know. Oh well, no wait. You're two or five, Clive. I'm sorry. No, I, yes. I was going to ask Ricky what he thought. He was quite a fan of the men's rumble, the men's battle royal. Um, yeah, I said <clears throat> that, that along with the women's, they're meaningless, pointless matches. But because I like the battle royal and royal rumble type matches, I normally just watch them just because I like that kind of match for whatever reason. I know it was a meaningless match. I would actually, I would like if they said something like along the lines that the winner of the Andre Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal gets a title shot at either the Intercontinental or US title. Just something, Aye. some sort of stipulation just to pique interest in it. It would but, be nice, yeah. When when the lights went out and Bray Wyatt appeared in the ring. Clive will also tell you that my two favourite wrestlers are Rusev and Bray Wyatt. And okay. The pop he got in the reaction, I don't know if it was a reaction or people didn't expect it or maybe it was a reaction that like, oh, he's now come back from, he's come out of the, the, the lake and now what's going to happen. But for me, it was just it was just like, this guy still gets these kind of reactions despite years of shitty booking outside that sort of three month window last year. Because the crowd wants to like him, and they want they've, to cheer for him, but they never had a reason to cheer for I mean, at least not storyline, until now. Mm. Now they have a reason to cheer him. Yeah. So I was, I, I was literally jumped off my seat when that happened. I was so happy to see him. I always am, and I'm quite intrigued to see how this whole broken mat and <laughs> whatever, whatever Bray is now, uh, and with Jeff Hardy coming back um, and he made reference to Brother Nero as well in Raw so I'm interested to see how that sort of develops uh, between those three you, you um, know what I love about the story 
Matt kept saying that he was going to get rid of Sister Abigail, right? That's what mm-hmm. he kept saying. And when when Bray went into the Lake of Reincarnation, now Bray... Did you guys watch Power Rangers back in the day? I don't know if Power Rangers was really big yeah. on, on the other side of the park. It was... Hello. Uh, it was um, Saturday morning TV, so I did watch it, I remember. I I, I didn't. I preferred um, the... Uh, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, both are great, but you know, I mean, Power Rangers, is Power Rangers. But anyway, uh, Bray Wyatt is Tom, Bray Wyatt is Tommy Oliver in that he was evil. <laughs> right, let me hear this analogy. I'm looking forward to hearing this one. <laughs> well, Bray was consumed by evil, right? Sister uh-huh. Abigail. Bray was just a regular soul. He met Sister Abigail. She imbued him, imbued big word, with her evil spirit, which made him evil, right? Tommy Oliver was just a regular kid who was imbued by the evil of Rita Repulsa to take to take over the, the Power Rangers so she could get control of the Power Rangers. When Bray was thrown into the Lake of Reincarnation was like when Tommy fell in love with Kimberly and realized he was he was bad and became good, but he kept the powers of the Green Ranger and Bray kept the power of whatever he had, but he's still good. The evil is gone inside of him, which is why him and Bray, him and, and Matt Hardy are, are a team. And when he hugged uh, Jeff and Brother Nero and said, how do you feel? Wonderful. Because he has been uh, he has been relieved of his evil nature. So Bray Wyatt is Tommy Oliver. So do you do you not think then we might get um, a sort of resemblance to Randy Orton, Luke Harper, and Bray Wyatt from last year? I I don't I hope not mm. because I realize there's only so many stories you can tell, but that would be really really annoying to. Dog, the crowd wants to cheer Bray so much. Just let him cheer him. Just just give him six months. You know. Look at how much Taker's career took off when he turned face. That's when he yes. became next level. And the and, best and, part about it is he can still be spooky, creepy, jump out of nowhere, lights go off, lights go on, all of that. He's still the same guy, just the evil is gone from him. And, and we got we got a, a little preview of that as well. Um, I can't remember... What WrestleMania was that? Was it thirty-one? Was it um, where The Rock came down and had the match with Eric Rowan? Thirty-three, 31? thirty-two, thirty-two, thirty-two. 32. 32. So yeah, and and you could see The Rock was almost somewhat trying to put Bray over, but you saw everyone reacting. But it was, I think, it was the next night on Raw where it seemed like he'd done a, a full fully fledged face turn, yeah. and the crowd were popping. I was like, right, well, there's your little sneak preview of what you could get and it never went anywhere that was injury injury and you know I think the worst thing Dolph Ziggler will tell you this the worst thing that Vince can tell you is your good hand and I think Bray has fell into that just like Rusev is now fell into that box of he's a good hand so yeah he's he he, he he breeds interest. He's important enough for us to, for his first four WrestleManias to be against John Cena, The Undertaker, The Rock, and Randy Orton. He's that big. But 
we're never going to give him substantial pushes because he's a good hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where he fell into, which is why he got stale to a certain extent. But now I feel like he's been refreshed dealing with Matt Hardy. And I'm interested to see where it goes because conventional wisdom tells you they're going to have to part eventually. The question is, will it be because of will Matt be the reason they part and not Bray? Do do they win the tag titles? I hope not. They win. They definitely win the tag team eliminator. I think that as well against the revival. Yeah. I like Matt and Bray, but please just give revival the titles and have them beat everybody. <laughs> I don't. I, I disagree. Don't give them. Don't give it to them yet because they're not. They haven't been been treated with the esteem in which they should have the titles. So if you give them the titles now. You want the titles to go back to the time when they didn't have a feud on, they barely had a feud on TV, and they were on the pre-show every week. No, like let the ti- let the revival reach the status of the titles first. You think that maybe could be bring some, that, down that could be your SummerSlam match if you want to hold out that long. That's Whoever, f- potentially potentially Bray and Matt Hardy if you hold it that long against the revival because that's more than enough time to make them look relevant. Probably isn't the right word, but strong enough, etc., where they look like a credible. Threat, and and to to your point, Clive, the point and the goal should be to get the titles to the revival eventually. That should be the goal. I'm not saying they're not worth it. I'm just saying let their status reach the level of titles and not let the bring the titles down to where they are now. This all could be in vain as well because, for all we know, revival could be making their way to Tuesday nights as well. We we don't know because you've got authors of pain there. I yeah. With how big they are, I thought that was quite interesting. How um, after Authors of Pain won their match, that they told Paul Ellering, "No, nope, we've got this." Well, apparently he didn't want to do the full time travel again. It's just a report. I don't know how true it is. The so, whole reason he came back to NXT was because it was close to his house and he could help them right. and stuff like that. Because even when they went on, when they went on the road. Unless it was a takeover, like a big show, he never went. So it was really just genuinely, hey, you know, you guys in my home company, I want to help out. This this act is perfect for me. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, the fact that he's gone this long with them is really a testament to how perfect they were as a group. Yeah, I mean, I've I've not been a big massive fan of Awful and Pain. Uh, and I wasn't really looking forward to them going up, but at the same time, there wasn't anything left for them to do on NXT. Oh yeah, they 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 have, they have way reached their their point. Uh-huh. Can I give you some? Can I give you some fantasy booking? Please go ahead. So we all kind of feel like they're going to need some type of mouthpiece eventually, and they they're, they're, they can talk. That's, they're not they're not mute, but you know, why not make them Samoa Joe's uh, muscle oh. and make them a stable. Very, uh, yep. Quite, I thought you were going to go with the typical Paul Heyman, but that's quite good. That's kind of out of left field as well. Bro, if, if we had our way, Paul Heyman would manage every single restaurant. <laughs> because, see, when you think about it, Samoa Joe's actually one of the better talkers in the whole company. Completely. Oh, he's sensational. He's articulate promo, and he chooses his words very cut, wisely as well. The promo he cut when he came back as well was excellent. Uh-huh. He doesn't waste yeah. a syllable at all, he knows what he's saying. That, yes, I, uh, the way you you're saying things exactly the way I wish I could say them, but I, I'm not my ma- my brain, brain don't work that way. <laughs> yes, the way he uses syllables is perfect. It's, it's he almost uses he almost uses syllables probably better than anybody 
in the business. He he doesn't waste anything when he says and time syllables. Uh, I feel like we're really being snobs talking about somebody's <laughs> syllable cadence. But yes, how can we? Well, we are snobs, but we do such a good job. Uh, and I have to applaud you for your earlier analogy of Power Rangers. That should win awards. That reference. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes so much I, sense. I, Thank you so much. It, it, it even made sense to me, even like the Pope. I've never watched a single episode of Power Rangers, so. It's on Netflix. Never... It's on Netflix. I'm okay. I've got better things to do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think that the Power Rangers appreciate that, but okay. <laughs> um, what. What. I know, I know what Rance thought about it, but Clive, I never actually, you never actually told me what you thought about the the, the raw the raw tag title match. Um, I think damage had already been done to the tag titles before Mania. With again, the bar have been great, Braun have been great, but putting them together in that match devalued what the tag titles are for me. So I didn't have many expectations going into it. What they did, again, I've seen earlier, it was just another way of showing that Braun can be a big, massive babyface. I feel as if I'm double-edged sword here that it's annoying that Sheamus and Cesaro, basically, they didn't get buried because they're going to probably, they might very possibly win the titles again at the end of the month. But they were in a big spot. I wouldn't say that was a death spot this year. That's one thing that worked for them at WrestleMania. Um, That was a commercially successful penultimate main event type thing so they got the spotlight on them for a while and I think they deserved the spotlight although it was comedy moment but because I think Seamus and Cesaro when they don't do comedy they are a frightening tag team uh, and not to be reckoned with but they're good at the comedy as well it just so happens to be the case and is it possible Rance that they're a good hand as well well Cesaro is the consummate good hand <laughs> Cesaro is probably the guy who has read of. If you look up good hand in the wrestling dictionary, you see a picture of Claudio Castagnoli. He is the guy, yes. Uh, Seamus has shown he can kind of get over that glass ceiling a bit. But, you know, you talk about the brass ring. If, 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 if Seamus is Sonic, then Cesaro is Tails. So, if you, if you, I don't know if you guys caught the Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. reference. I'm killing it with the references today, man. I'm killing it. Crazy stuff, but I, the, the match didn't annoy me as much as it did others. Um, so I'm glad that they've got a tag team tournament. We're all fans of tournaments, um, so we'll see what happens with it. I just hope they restore something to it. But the the SmackDown tag team match, Oof. Rance, you were saying with Simon on the the fuck you mean one, yes. that the story made sense and it did, and I grudgingly agreed with what you said. But these three guys, these three acts in various contests with each other over the years have had classics. No doubt about mm-hmm. it, classics. Mm-hmm. For it to be, and I checked the time, it was no more than six minutes. That Right under five, right under six minutes, yes. The Usos were complaining, shoot and kayfabe, we better not be in the pre-show. They would have got more time if they were on the pre-show. They were sandwiched in between... Um, the Rousey match and the Cena Undertaker segment 
and the only reason it's so remem- memorable is because it was a five-minute squash match. Would they have gotten more time on the pre-show with the way the build was? Probably. Um, I, I disagree. because I, it, Okay, so if the Bludgeons weren't involved, yes. If it was just New Day versus Usos one last time for the titles at WrestleMania, then they would have got time wherever they were. But at the end of the day, story is king in wrestling, right? Story should be king. Um, I realize there are moments where, like Nicholas and things like those moments, stuff like that, where you can definitely say, this is a little bigger than the story right now. Let's deal with this. Okay, cool. But at the end of the day, story is king. At the end of the day, once WrestleMania is over, even though that is the end of our year, that is the season finale, that is the big hurrah, you know, whatever, the show goes on. It it goes on Monday and Tuesday, and then they take off Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and so on and so forth. The show goes on. So if that's the case, if this is really how the business is going, then you can't just stop at WrestleMania and have an outlier and then go back to normal uh, all the time. So the entire story of the Bludgeon Brothers, the New Day, and the Usos as a triangle tag team feud was the Bludgeon Brothers destroying everybody. The moment they've redebuted, they've been destroying everybody and everything. The whole reason this was a tag team feud to begin with was the Bludgeon Brothers destroyed the New Day and the Usos during their match at Fastlane. Mm -hmm. And they did it in relatively quick timing in like three minutes. And I enjoyed that segment myself. Great segment. Uh, My heart went out to Xavier Woods because that's one of the tougher bumps I've seen, that Mm -hmm. powerbomb on the steps in a while. But that was the case. So... Both teams decided to team up to get them. Jimmy Uso and Big E teamed up. They got destroyed in like three minutes. The Usos came back in ta- and tried to get them a couple weeks later. They got destroyed in five minutes. The New Day came back and tried to get them. They got destroyed in five minutes. So the story of this entire feud is nobody can beat the Bludgeons unless you work together. The Usos and the New Day never work together in that match. So if you if you if you think about the the big moments, it was always when the Usos tried to single out one of them, or the New Day tried to single out one of them. But once they got together, they destroyed them, because mm-hmm. as the story has booked, they are the dominant group. So, with that being said, the match should have been a squash. Now, from a personal standpoint, do I think all of us wanted to see a tag team classic? Yes. But if we saw a tag team classic, then you are effectively killing the booking of your tag team champions, which you booked them as. Because if you booked them to be destroyers and then out of nowhere you just booked them to have a really competitive match for 15 minutes, then they're not destroyers anymore. Uh, on another personal note, I'm over the moon that Luke Harper has been officially oh, yeah. recognized for all the hard work he's put in over the years. Great talent. Another good hand. <laughs> I'd rather he was like, a big best hand, but <laughs> yeah, right. Like that that um, another good hand. That's actually perfect because if you want actual evidence of that, it was last year. Remember, like about thirteen months ago, I think we were all convinced that it was going to be Luke Harper yeah. in the main event in WrestleMania. Yep. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's a good point. I think um, just to quickly go back to the Raw tag team thing, like I text Rance and I says, um. I suppose two things, two two points that I suppose is pretty cool moment for a little kid. And Rance then followed up by basically saying, that "Imagine all the kids around the world seeing that, and now saying to their mum and dad that they want to go to like any show that any WWE show it comes near them, 
So therefore, it's more money for Vince. So it makes sense. And I was also, I said it from day one that I didn't want Braun to have a partner anyway. Yeah, none of them. In theory, he, he really didn't. Yes. Um, Perfect. And then uh, Clive was the one who, I think you're the first person I ever heard with the theory, but it was doubled by Dave Finichel from Lords of Pain, who basically said that you, they, both of you guys said that if you feel like uh, Braun is being geared to be the top babyface of the company. But the one, when you're the, it's one thing when you're the top star of the company, but when you're the top babyface of the company, you have to, you have to check all the boxes. Yeah, the family babyface. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. The one, the one box we didn't know Braun was checking was families and kids. Well, with him effectively being like the kids' hero, you, I, I wouldn't call him Andre, but yes, that that Andre feel, you know, uh, and he was hamming it up, you know, completely hamming it up with the dude. Kids, kids gonna love the dude now. Yep. Mm. I think. Is, is, is it not just basically the scenario we had about two or three years ago where John Cena is the face of the company, as the number one guy or whatever, but Daniel Bryan was the number one baby face of the company? Mm-hmm. So I see where you're coming from. Um, and then in terms of the Smack, SmackDown tag title match, uh, again, I wasn't thinking the way you were thinking, so you're never coming on this podcast with your sensible talk again. <laughs> so we will just be ranting and raving, um, but no, I'm sorry, so man. I, I, I no, see things I, so I, differently, I, man. Understand where you're coming from with that, and then you would imagine then that the match at Backlash will probably go the same way, maybe. But you know, you don't want you don't want them to drop the titles the very it's first a, moment. It's not a Backlash; it's in Jeddah. Oh, so, so it is. That's right. Yeah. So therefore, right. So it probably will go that way then if we're always if we're all assuming that the Usos are going to go to Raw, which I think I think it's time because they've been on SmackDown, haven't they? Like forever. Yeah. So it makes sense for that to happen. Um, I I but and the, and I think the reason they did it in Jeddah and not in Backlash is simply because the Usos are going to are going to Raw. And I realize that all the pay per views now are are co branded. Yeah, but you know it. It just makes more sense. Uh, plus, man, that's you know that's 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 a, a that's a big match, you know. And I, I can see why they want to have it in, in that forum. But you know, or you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Bludgeon Brothers get moved to Raw. I don't know because I would love to see the Bludgeon. In fact, you know, I got you one better. I want. I would. I would. I think the what I would love to see from a tag team perspective is to either see the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Authors of Pain or the Bludgeon Brothers versus Cesaro and Sheamus. So imagine if if Bray and uh, Matt win the Raw tag titles at what is that? In I guess is that in Jeddah too? Yeah. 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 And Cesaro and Sheamus end up next week getting moved to SmackDown. Imagine that tag team feud for the next two months mm-hmm. now that's talk about some hard hitting stuff and Cesaro and Sheamus are so such as characters singularly and as a team to which would you would imagine would be able to stand toe to toe with the Bludgeon Brothers if no offense to the Usos to the New Day it's just you know been built differently I I, I might be overthinking this but was it, it was I think it was 
was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago on Raw? It was Braun versus Cesaro, and then the following week it was <laughs> Braun versus Sheamus. Mm-hmm. So before before the match with Cesaro, were they not Sheamus and Cesaro were sort of debating who's going to go into the ring? And I thought did not I, I don't I, I probably am overthinking it, but Sheamus was like, "I'm not doing it. You go. I've hurt my knee." I don't know, is that the start of maybe they're thinking that they might break these two up or am mm. I just overthinking things and I'm looking at it completely different? You might not be overthinking things, but I really hope they don't. Too many tag teams were split up last year. Yeah, but the difference between this one and those other ones are we want Cesaro and Seamus to be pushed in their respective moments, right? Like, those guys both deserve massive pushes. Like, It'll be it'll be a shame if Cesaro ends his career. And don't get me wrong, he has like ten plus years. He has a long time left, but without having a world title reign, even if it's like a month, you know, he's very well deserving of being a world champion. So at some point, you have to ask yourself a question: What are they more valuable to your company as as an act? And they have done hats off to them because they have worked overtime to not only ingratiate themselves as a team, but make their team seem so organic. Mm-hmm. Because now they dress alike. They they have uh they have shirts together. They have similar uh logos together. Like everything like they really are a team in every sense of the word. And you know, that's a lot of guys who end up teaming together who were singles guys before don't really dig that deep into the tag team world when they get put together and they have and I you gotta give them credit for that. It's just I've just enjoyed their work so much and I think even if it's a case not even them moving to SmackDown if people from SmackDown came over. Like imagine I know they're kind of heelish at the moment, but Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, what if they came over? And they'd have really good I, matches. I just wonder Chad Gable and, and and Sheldon Benjamin kind of are in the same spot of the revival in that they know they're going to have great matches. They know they probably could be effective tag champs, but there's so many other bigger uh, acts, if you will, in that division that they probably won't ever get that opportunity for a while. Uh, so do you just flip them? Mm. Just canceling each other out again, though. Well, I mean, they did that last year with Heath Slater mm. and... Uh, Rhino and whatever the other tag team was that I don't remember everybody that got switched, but you know, Peace Later and, and Rhino got moved to to Raw because Raw needed a jobber tag team. Basically. Or what if you put them to Raw with the idea of potentially reuniting the original um um Jet Jordan and Gable? Uh, American Alpha. Well but that that'll be a disservice to Jordan who's made a Oh, well, and then to Clive, who loves the kid, <laughs> uh, who he's made. Jason Jordan has made so many strides as a singles performer. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, no, I, I, I agree. I would, just, I would just throw it out there. Honestly, see, see, maybe see if and when he comes back, and this might be met with groans from people listening, but keep that title on Seth. And he wins like a grueling match at a pay-per-view and Jason Jordan comes down and lays out Seth and pick up where they left off. 
I would love that. You but so you'd have but you'd have to do that after uh, Seth is done with Finn and Miz, right? Yeah, because obviously I'm thinking that Jordan won't be back for another month or two at the very least, at the very earliest. So just play it out, take your time, don't rush him back. There's plenty of story going on at the moment, but when the time's right, I think they can come back, especially if, with how white hot Seth is at the moment. I mean, he get one of the more organic cheers at WrestleMania. So, I mean, it's just because I'm a Jason Jordan fanboy. I'm not going to deny that's, it, but I still think it carries the, on their story. Sense. That's the few that makes sense. So you're absolutely right. Because Jordan's he was that jealous, um, sort of schoolboy sort of guy that he was before. Just keep that going, but he's jealous. He's been pent up because he's sitting at home, um, nursing his injury, getting rehabbed, and all the while Seth Rollins is winning IC titles, and it's Monday Night Rollins. He's having. Um, performances of his career in gauntlet matches and Jordan's had yeah. nothing to do with it so that jealousy would be like boiling up in him not just jealous, jealous. but entitled what was that sorry not just jealous but entitled uh huh that would, that would be great I think yeah that, I think I think his entitlement is bigger than his jealousy because it's one thing to be jealous and not do anything about it but he feels like he's he's owed everything because his dad is your, is your manager so you know imagine the heat he'd get if he just randomly gets the first IC title match against Seth because his dad wanted to give him something to come back with or something like that like uh, the heat he would get yeah I think he can be a heat magnet big time heat magnet yeah he was before he got hurt exactly and he wasn't even doing much wrong he was just being a, a wee pest <laughs> but he was a really big pest. He was a really <laughs> a bit, big, a big pest. wee pest, aye. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, I want to just have a wee word about the cruiserweight situation just before okay. we sort of, unless there's anything else you want to talk about before the quiz. But with regards to the cruiserweight championship match, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I got to see that was this morning. We're recording on Wednesday night. Due to just lack of time, having to work on Monday morning, inadvertently having the results spoiled for me by silly internet stuff, I was already in a downer about it. And then I saw that it only had about 10, 12 minutes, and I was thinking, oh. So the wrong, for me, the wrong person won. It didn't get a lot of time on the pre-show, and the outcome was all spoiled already, and there's just so much to watch this week. I've kind of been putting off watching it, and I watched it today, on 205 Live last week, Jake Maverick made a very impassioned plea for fans to tune in early. And it was almost sad. Mm? It was almost sad. It was. It, I, I felt sorry for him, and it was, but I got where he was coming from because I've been on that journey with Jake Maverick as well. You all know how much of a 205 mark I am. So yeah. for him to make that plea, like, please come and watch us early, watch the climax of this excellent tournament, and there's no denying that that tournament has been excellent for them just to get a match that's not bad, but it's nowhere near some of the matches that we saw in the tournament. And in the middle of it, you've got one quarter of the screen is the match, and then three quarters of the screen is plugging the Rousey match. Like, come on, you're doing... Maverick was on his hands and knees, crying, saying, please watch our show. And then when they watch it, it's just... It's an afterthought squeezed in the middle. So I was quite disappointed, and I'm wondering... 
if it is actually a bit of a setback for 205 Live after all the hard work they've put in? No, they needed the, they needed the platform. I, I, I don't... But it wasn't much of a platform. I would disagree. It was a huge platform. I, you know, um, Charlotte was Charlotte and Oscar was the second match on the card, so effectively they were in the same position on the pre-show. They were in the same position on the main show that Clive and not Clive, I'm sorry, talking to Clive, <laughs> that Ali and Cedric were on the pre-show. So you know, I, we we can we really get uh, caught up in card placement and pre-show, main show, and all this stuff. This is what it is. And just being let's, let's let's cut it down to the bare bones. What it is. Two years, three years ago, it was not a cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, they brought it back, and nobody thought it would reach any heights. They just thought it would be just something to do. Cruiserweight Classic comes out, and it's critically acclaimed. They started back this, that, and the other. Last year, Neville and Austin Aries have a great match, but it's on the pre-show, and the show gets pretty. Sports entertainment with Neville and then Enzo and this, that, and the other. The reboot that they've done and picking the two guys that they picked that represent so much for the, for the division and uh, getting built up the way they are, that they were built up on that show with the basically the tournament and all this and the level of matches rising and whatnot. The platform that they got for those two men who Cedric was not supposed to be signed and Mustafa Ali wasn't even supposed to be in the Cruiserweight Classic. To have that moment in front of that crowd that early, which was probably a good thing in hindsight, I I feel like the platform was huge for them because if that match was two minutes, 20 minutes or two hours, they wrestled at WrestleMania for the Cruiserweight Championship. That's fair enough. You know, how many times can you say that in history? And when I was looking at the match times of quite a lot of the matches, even the men's battle royal lasted the same amount of time, 12, 13 minutes or so. Most, all, of the, most of the matches on the card were about 12, 13 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I did enjoy because quite a few matches over the last few years have went on a bit too long. But the, you were talking about Charlotte and Asuka getting the second spot. I think that's different to the second, like, in the middle of the pre-show. A lot of people are going on about the the opening match of WrestleMania, like that's where you want to be. But I think the mm-hmm. second match over the last few years has become prime real estate. Really, you've had a few really good matches in the second part of the show. You had AJ Jericho, um, Owens Jericho, yeah, Owens Jericho. And this year you had a classic for the ages as well. So I think that that's a problem though. They're putting on all these really good matches at the start, and then some crazy booking decision happens, and it's, it just slows off, tapers off until something crazy happens, like a hardway elbow to the head, <laughs> <laughs> and five gallons of, of blood. Yeah. Uh, Did you have you seen two or five last night? Did you watch it last night? I have seen the most of it. Uh, I've been writing up for the column, the review of it, so I have seen the majority of it. I've just not seen the last segment. Oh, you haven't seen it? So, so, okay, I won't talk about it. All Do you right. know what happened? No, I don't. No, don't spoil it because I already had the the final spoiled for me. So, well, just know that it made me very happy. Was Caleb in the crowd? Did you see him in the camera? I was looking for him, but man, look, I, yeah, my eyes, man, I, I'm, 
I'll, if I watch it back, because I have I have it, I have SmackDown DVR'd, I might go back and watch them and see if I can find them. But he was on the hard camera side, so yeah, mm-hmm. see, I'm sure we were able to see him at some point. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of two. It's literally like ten fifteen minutes left, but I had to come on here, so I'm, I'll let you know when I've watched it. Good stuff. Uh, Ricky, anything else you're wanting to talk about before we do the quiz? It's, it's nearly two hours we've been going here. Quite long for us, gents. No, I think we've we've touched on just about every match, I think, at WrestleMania. Um, I don't think there's a match we've missed, is there? The Women's Battle Royale, was that talked about? Was there anything to talk about? I mean, <laughs> barely eliminated Sasha, but that was it. I mean, really, no, no, whatever. No, one more, one more question. How doomed is No Way Jose? <laughs> <laughs> he's not doomed because he's always going to get a reaction. So that's all that matters. He is going to be the opener of every live event and every pay-per-view he's on for the rest of his career. So, uh, Fair play to him. Uh, Adam Rose 2.0. The difference between him and Adam Rose... And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to point this out because I'm a big No Way Jose fan. The difference between No Way Jose, Adam Rose, and to a lesser extent, Fandango, is Fandango and Adam Rose were vanity characters, right? Uh-huh. They were – so it wasn't that they – they No Way Jose is fun-loving, but if you watch him in NXT, you know when it's time for him to get serious. It's time to get serious. Fandango and Adam Rose – never got serious because it was about vanity to them yeah, they, so I feel like it's a little different yeah that match that No Way Jose had with Austin Aries was good very good the whole entire feud was great yeah that was a nice wee, um, sort of mid card feud I really enjoyed that so, and you know what No Way Jose has been on NXT for a long time now but mm-hmm. you find quite often that those who have been called up from NXT who didn't have the spotlight on them in NXT do really well on the main roster so you never yep. know we could have another Elias on our hands somehow you're right yeah because you know uh, there isn't any fatigue of the character and some characters are better built for big for big audiences yeah so yeah right quiz time Ooh. let's do it yes hell yeah that's that's well I've I've wanted this conversation but of course if I'm on a Ricky and Clive show, I'm ready for the quiz. Okay, excellent. Um, well, I'll just take a slight pause to splice in the music now. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, so just a reminder for everyone's buzzers. Ricky, what's yours? I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's, uh, that's so good. Uh, and you want to pick a different one this time, Rance? I think I will pick it doesn't matter what your answer is. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> right. Okay, so I've went for a Raw after WrestleMania themed quiz this week. I have seven questions and I hope that they exponentially get more difficult as time goes on. Okay. Number 
number zero. Right, this is just a quick question for you. Who will be the person to beat Brock Lesnar? The answer is Jason Jordan. Okay, number one. All right. Good answer. <laughs> right. Which wrestler made his return return to WWE the night after Shawn Michaels lost a world title to Austin? It doesn't matter what your answer is. Okay, Rance. Sean Waltman, a.k.a. the 123 Kid, a.k.a. X-Pac. <laughs> Ricky's favourite ever wrestler. <laughs> Sorry, man. Number two. Which wrestler did Neville defeat in his main roster debut on the Raw after Mania 31? Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. This was a wee mark out moment for me. Um, I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. Okay. <laughs> wow. What are you laughing at? Because we don't know. Neither of us know. I know it's one of the two from the Mysterage, and I don't know which one it is. Oh. Guess one. Right. And you need to get it um, right because Rance will just guess the other one. Axel. Yes, Axel. yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Like, you don't have to do no more in the quiz. Like, that's the hardest question I think I've ever been answered as in wrestling. Wow. Wait until you get... I think, I, think, I think he still had these... Axel Mania. Mania. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, if you think that was the hardest question, wait till you get to number seven. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Number three, which superstar has made his debut and return to WWE on the Raw after WrestleMania? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, debut and... Wow. Like a return from injury, you mean? No. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter what your answer is. Okay. Rock Lesnar. Correct. 2-1, two, 2 rounds. Yeah, I had to think about it, yeah. Right, so... There are two points up for grabs here in question number four. Name the two wrestlers who made their debuts and retirement speeches on the Raws after WrestleMania. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Okay. I say just an absolute guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Edge? I think that was the, the next Raw, was it not? I know, yeah, I know the other, yeah. I know the other one as well. Fuck. But Edge didn't make his debut, did he? Don't think he was. No, no. no but I, I know, I know who the other person is now. Okay, may I? Yeah. On you go. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't matter what your answer is. Uh, again, this is just a guess because I don't know for sure. But I'm going by retirement speeches, so uh, one has to be Shawn Michaels. Did he debut a draw after Mania? Oh shit, no, yeah, yeah, no. Right. I only know one. Oh, I know, I know the other one. Right, well, <laughs> how would you like a point? How do you know you've got the other one? You've not heard what his answer is yet. <laughs> I, I know one of them. So, I, know one of, I know one of them, so. Right. Rick, bro, bro, Ricky, you said the one you know, I said the one I know after that. How about that? Page. Page is the one I know, yeah. Right, I'll give you both a point then, eh? <laughs> so that's... Because she beat, um, she beat, what's her name, AJ Lee AJ. for the title? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's four, oh, that's 4-3 to Rance. 
The other Who's answer, the other? Uh, Goldberg. Oh, oh, shit, right, yeah. Okay, oh, well, this is proving a tough one tonight, fantastic. Number five, what Raw After Mania statistic do these men have in common? Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Right at the WrestleMania statistic. Not so much a statistic, but the same, the same thing happened to them on a row after Mania. Okay. Uh. Was it? I'm, I'm shot in the dark. It doesn't matter what your answer is. Shot in the dark. Okay. Promo battle with the Miz. Incorrect. I mean, Finn's had what two two after minions. Yeah. This one here. What the fuck to do that? Right, spinning face of people don't want to be cool. They were involved in a multi-man tag match. No. The answer was returned from injury. Wow! Are you guys? Are you? Do you hate me yet? Just a little bit. Number six. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who has had the longest time between their last main roster appearance and their return to the main roster? Seventeen years in between. I spit in the face of people who don't want it to be cool. Okay. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, do you know, I never thought about that. That's not my answer, and I don't know if it is correct. You mean active active wrestlers, though, right? No, I don't. I just mean uh, on-screen talent. 17 years? 17 years. And 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 are these both on Raws at the WrestleManias or just in general? Uh, the, the the left in the first time when they left, it was just in general, but when they returned, it was on a Raw after WrestleMania. This person has been mentioned on the show tonight. Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like you. I feel like you're taking taking so much joy in this. Am I? Who, what? What old bastard have we made reference to on the show? Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It feels like it's been seventeen years between the last time Undertaker showed up. Um, God, I shit. Yeah. WrestleMania. Um, could it possibly be Bobby Lashley? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, if you want, I'll just give you the answer. If you really can't guess. Well, I'm scared because seven is supposed to be the hardest and we can't get this one. Right. Well, I'll tell you, Ricky, do you give up? I genuinely cannot think who it could be. 17 years? Nah, no idea. Okay. I'm about to say it. Three, two, one. Paul Ellering. Oh, what the, who, who would have figured that out? What? Uh, Legion of Doom, I think it was, in 99. Yeah, yeah. No, that, 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 
now that you said the name is right, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, last one. <laughs> right. You can feel, right, so oh, what's the score again? 4-3 to Rance, right? How many NXT talents have been promoted to the main roster on Raw after WrestleMania? <laughs> Okay, so we, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. To so speci- we, gotta, we gotta think about this shit. Right, to specify, okay. talent can be a tag team. And that and counts as one? It can count as one. If you say right. two, that's fair enough. So basically, just let's just name them. Or, no. Yeah, I'm about to say, we need to work together, Ricky. We can't we can't be competing no more now. We gotta work, to that, work together. Mm. So, what, Neville? Um. Who, sorry, was that who debuted on the Raw after? Yeah. Right. Well, Paige. Paige. And every single person in the last couple of days, whoever they are again. <laughs> okay, well, no, let's, let's, so, okay, let's start, let's start from this year and go back. Maybe that's easier. So, Do you know what? I think, mate, Matt, I've missed Neville. Shit. <laughs> 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 Point rants. Uh, start from this year back. Okay, so what? Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. Ember Moon, Ember Moon, and No Way Jose. So that's three, right? Was it last three? Yep. You're, last year, who was it? You're missing someone. This year? This week? Yep. From Raw, I, iconic duo from SmackDown. Yep. There we go. Oh, so we kind of both right. nights. Shit. Okay. So, so um... sorry. Apologies. Yes, we're counting. We are counting SmackDowns <laughs> as well. <laughs> Just when, just when we change, just when we give you the answers, you change the questions. Right. So last year, 30, who the hell come up last 33, year? Um, thirty-three. Okay. Oh shit. Thirty. Fuck. 30, is, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my god. Oh my goodness! This is going to. End I was up. going. I was going to say Bobby Roode, but I don't know if he did. That was SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Ah, oh, shit. Um. Oh my God! What the hell? Thirty-three Orlando. So. Oh my God. Asuka was Asuka was summer late on the yeah. SummerSlam as well. Let's get to thirty-two. I remember that the VOD villains in thirty-two. Well done. Yep. Uh, I was there for that, so I remember that much. Enzo and Cass. Yep. Yep. 32. Uh, Finn? Was he 32? No, no, no Finn, was at the, Finn, Finn was drafted in the draft. Oh, I saw he, that's right, so he was. Um, oh, my. Okay, so I'm not going to cheat, but I'm going to look at the roster, and maybe that'll help me. Because, right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Because um, Rance has already won the quiz Because it's no chance we're going to get it <laughs> Right, okay So, well done Rance for winning the quiz And sorry for know, but, we, but we want to We want to know the answer to this though Apollo Crews Yes uh, one, of, one of them could maybe be The Revival Nia Jax She was drafted as well The Revival Correct Oh uh, shit! Um, 
uh, Baron Corbin. Yes, correct. I was going to say people might take be content that because he technically made his debut at Mania the night before. Yeah, but, but no, uh, it was. I'll yeah. accept it. Bailey. No. Uh, that was after SummerSlam. Oh my goodness. Um, Todd Dillinger. Correct. Missing in action. That's it, huh? Three more, and two of them came together. Three more? What the fuck? Three more? Who the hell else am I missing? American Alpha? No. Also drafted. I'm literally just going to name every single person on the roster. I'm going to get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't lose that one. <laughs> Will I give you a clue? Yeah, give us a clue. Please. One of them, and this will help you with the other one, is going to be literally buried in Saudi Arabia. Oh, Rusev. Well, technically, he debuted at the Royal Rumble. That's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, so did Ember. But, but his but his re-debut was after at, after the Royal. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Rusev and Lana. And the last one I've got here. This person made quite the impact on their first appearance on the main roster. Is that is that a reference to something that quite the impact, or you just? No, not impact with a capital I. No. I was going to say Joe, but he came up before WrestleMania. Um, made quite the impact. That Big E, right? Uh, I don't think so. Because Big E wrestled at WrestleMania, and he was on the show before, so it can't be Elias. Elias, yeah, that's another one. Sorry, there's one more. That's another one I forgot. <laughs> Fucking hell, guys. <laughs> Quizmasters had a shiter tonight. Oh, my goodness. Is it Braun Strowman, maybe? No, he was... Um, the Wyatts, yeah. So, uh, Night of Champions time-ish area? I mean, it, oh, wasn't, no. it, it wasn't KO, anyway. I'm I have no idea. I really genuinely have no idea. I'm trying to think of a clue. Wow. Um, this person's been mentioned on this show tonight. But that's a great clue, thank you. <laughs> Since we've covered the entire roster. From NXT. Oh, okay, this person's been mentioned in this quiz already. Mentions in the quiz. Mm-hmm. Bro, the ultimate warrior. <laughs> <laughs> this person has Paul, Paul Ellering. <laughs> <laughs> Just realised how daft that answer is. <laughs> uh, last clue. This person recently got a brand new job. And this, Paige. Yes. Well done. We said Paige. No, we said her already. Listen, do Can not... stop? That's it. End the podcast. <laughs> That's our show, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Um, and I am retiring as Quizmaster. <laughs> hey, all jokes aside, shout out to you for having the hardest wrestling quiz I've ever seen. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I thought the X-Pac and the... I thought that was a bit easy, so I thought, right, I'll try and make it harder as I went on. And it looks like... There's hard and there's impossible. Uh-huh. 
bit different. This is clocked in as the longest ever Ricky and Clive wrestling show. And half of it was that quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was, I love it. it, was, it was, it's been a blast. Well, um, thanks for coming on, man. It's much appreciated. Yep, so, every time I'm asked, man, thank you guys. Anytime you guys say so, I'd love to have I'd love to be on and we'd love to have you guys back on the outsider's edge. Yeah. Yes, that's because I think the time difference is an issue, but because this week has been like a lack of sleep mania, we'll get we'll get a wee outsider's edge sorted in the fu- near future. Yeah, I definitely want I want Carl on de- Carl definitely on. Um Purely for the reason we can just start where you introduce him by saying fly, Eagles fly. By the way, and, he was mad at me because he texted me while we were recording and <laughs> I was like, I'm recording with Ricky and Clive and he was like those assholes. Because <laughs> if you guys don't know, he was supposed to be on the show with me today, but, you know, it's what it is. But, and also, the week the week Carol comes on, I'm doing the quiz that week because I have a special bonus question just for him. <laughs> oh man I'll tell you so I'm going to ask him what the numbers 4133 three represent I've, I've, I don't know what, what do they represent you can put a little dash between the 1 and the 3 so 41 33 that's fucked up do you do it, you know I get it that's the score <laughs> in the Super Bowl yeah I get it <laughs> I get it. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll get a kick out of that. The question I will ask is, why didn't Dan Marino put laces out? <laughs> yeah, just just get the most obscure questions that'll just annoy Carl for that quiz, and it'll, it'll, I will love it. That'll make me so happy. Right, let's end this nonsense. <laughs> uh, Thank you for listening to us, gentlemen and ladies. Please rate and review the podcast, Social Suplex Podcast Network. We've got other shows from Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, that's Jeremy and Joshua doing all the New Japan and the Ring of Honor stuff. Outsider's Edge, Rance and Carl. Um, there's also One Nation Radio with Rich and James and One Nation Live, which you do live on Facebook on Sundays. That's good stuff, that. Please check out socialsuplex.com for the podcasts which you can subscribe to. They come straight to your email inbox. Uh, There is also lots of columns on there and also the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group which has been quite the amount of discussion going on as you can imagine over the last few days. It's been some passionate arguments being made so if you enjoy that kind of chat please come over. It's good stuff but we're all friendly. Some of us. (laughs) (laughs) A few of us. Yes. Um, have I missed anything there? Oh, oh man. Oh, oh well, Unless, we didn't. Can you give me a? Can you give me a full Brock Lesnar? On you go, Ricky. You you need to try and set me up. You need to make it look, make it seem a bit organic. Oh, so are you excited for that Brock Lesnar main event of WrestleMania 40? Fuck Brock. <laughs> Goddamn pal. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, just one. I know Ranch, you might want to do it, but I'll shout out anyway if you want to. Folks, make sure you download the Good Brothers podcast as well with Ranch and Jordan Fox. Yes, we do. A, I do a morning show now. Yes, I. 
I was called the what you call me the Podfather, the Podfather of wrestling. <laughs> so uh, me and Jordan Fox, uh, we do a podcast every morning, the Good Brothers uh, Morning Show, Good Brothers Podcast, and uh, yeah, man, we th- we think we have some good content on there. It's I'll tell you this, it's different than any other show I've done because it's it feels like it's. It feels like it's half news, half two homeboys just talking. So it's a different type of show. But yeah, man, if you if you would give us a listen, we appreciate it. And we're recording uh, our first new episode of the Outsiders Outsiders Edge tonight. So be on the lookout for that. How many podcasts have you done in the last five days? <laughs> Legitimately, <laughs> like honestly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Are we counting from Sunday or from Saturday? From today. <laughs> to- okay. Well. To- just along, just from t- just today, I've done. This this is my second out, and I'll have my third tonight. But yesterday we recorded four. Um, Monday, I recorded one with Simon, uh, and we tried to record two podcasts um, from the morning show, but the internet wasn't working. So yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> no wonder. You the. You've been in more podcasts than there were F5s on Sunday. And it's, that's a much closer number than you think. That's I know. sad. <laughs> right, let's go. Let's go to bed, Ricky. Well, Rance continues the podathon. <laughs> oh, it's nap time. Then podathon continuing, yes. <laughs> Was it, is it ten, 10 past four over there? Uh, no, five. I'm central ten, time. Oh, you, oh, you're right. Oh wait! No, what? It's ten past eleven. I thought it was yeah. ten past ten. I thought it was ten past ten here. Well, by that panicky voice, let's get to bed, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.